Welcome everyone to Davos Fingers episode 107, The Tale of the Little Kranigman with Katrina. I'm Scatty and with me as always is my buddy Matt. Hey everybody, how you doing? Oh my goodness, happy new year. We made it like six days before it went crazy again. We barely made it six days. That's yeah. alright, that's alright. Uh, because we are here with Blood Rider Katrina tonight. Hello Katrina, how are you? Good, how are you guys? So, so excellent. Everyone, <laughs> if you are in the Kalisar on Twitter, you know Katrina. Uh, mother to Kid 1, Kid 2, and Kid 3. And countless Twitter personas as well. And countless, yeah, mother to all. Mother slash big sister. If you ever just need someone to listen to you, um, Kalisar, go look up one of Katrina's listening videos on Twitter. I think one of them's pinned to your mm -hmm. profile. Um, she will listen without judgment or any sort of preconceived notion. Yeah. Or or even knowing that she's doing it. <laughs> it's honestly the easiest parenting I've ever done. You just stare at a camera for a few minutes. I didn't think about it until someone commented one time, this is an interesting piece of performance art. And I was like, holy shit, you think that this is hard? Okay. And I looked at the original, I had the, the original one pinned for a while and it had 600 something views. And oh, I'm wow. like, holy, you guys need somebody. Like, holy fuck, I gotta make this a recurrence because people need That's some funny. love, I guess. They're looking for a hero, and that makes you a hero, Katrina. So. <laughs> if only they knew in real life, I have no attention. I'm not listening. You know? <laughs> but uh, our our perception is our reality, and to us, you're listening, so yes. thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. Anyways, uh, pleasure. Pleasure to have you on the podcast, Katrina. This really is going to be excited. awesome. Yeah. Looking forward yeah. to it. It's exciting well, we, to be here. We did just come out of the holidays. Uh, Matt, how was your holiday? You you, you became a bit of a, a recluse for a bit, didn't you? I did. I went Obi-Wan Kenobi on everyone. Um, my, uh, I've got some family that Could has mean a, a ranch. Lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. I, I'm just going to let it dangle. <laughs> Yeah, I said it. You're good at that. Come here, my little friend. Don't be afraid. <laughs> a more civilized weapon. A more civilized age. Hey, uh, but my, uh, I got some family in Star Valley, Wyoming. Well, they have a ranch in Star Valley, Wyoming. Um, so we went up and stayed there. This family's loaded. They've got all the money in the world. So we did not lack for any resources or anything. Um, but uh, one thing that they intentionally do not have is wi-fi or any like cell service up there so it was wonderful to disconnect for three or four days did they know That's you intense. were there no no yeah, still just don't. camp camp no. out somewhere no <laughs> park an iv or an rv doesn't have to be anybody's business you know <laughs> they have these little bunk houses that are just like little like cabins on their property that you just go and stay in and stuff you oh, probably could have just stayed there and no one would have known. It was awesome. But I'm going to get on Ancestry.com and see if I'm related to these people. Well, probably. <laughs> well, that's great. Sounds like some good family time. Was that yeah. like during Christmas or right after or something? It was between Christmas and New Year's. So we went up the evening of the 26th and came home on the 30th. So That's great. Yeah. What about you, Scatty? Oh, man. Uh, it's been it's been a few weeks. Uh yeah, I had I mean had had a COVID Christmas, right? Um, just me and mm -hmm. me and my 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 small family, and just hung out, and it was pretty, you know, it was pretty good. But 
frankly, I I I am not used to having no alone time and no sequestered away from everyone time, at least even in my office. It is uh, hard to, to do work and uh while it was while it was a great time with my family, I was frankly ready to get back to work. I was ready. Um I just I I need that time away from people. And uh I didn't again, I didn't know that I knew that. I didn't I didn't know that about myself that I needed that. But anyway, it was it was it was a lovely holiday. Uh my kids are had a great we had tons of books and just excited to get into reading them and Legos and Pokemon and they're just they're on cloud nine. It was it was a good holiday. So that's what you got for Christmas, but no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, no, that's what they got for Christmas. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just then obviously new year and now all the craziness we're recording, uh, for those that don't know, just a couple days after the crazy events of January 6th. So still, I'm still reeling from that a little bit, but, um, yeah, doing okay. Doing okay. It's a weird time. America. My, th- my therapy is critical role and they've been on break for four weeks, so I'm struggling a little bit. You need to go watch a Katrina listening video. Actually, she's listening right now. I this am right live. fucking here. Like <laughs> she's <yeah>. listening. <laughs> I'm listening now. I'm making all of the polite faces. <laughs> I put my phone down and everything. I appreciate it. Uh, and how was your holiday? Katrina? It was fine. I worked. It wasn't really any different than normal. Yeah. Uh, really? We we don't have any family in the area. So husband's family is all in Alabama and along the south coast, and my family is all up north. So and we're kind of centrally located, which is less convenient than you think, but it's okay. Because uh, fuck that bitches, so I guess. But yeah, I mean, we've always kind of done Christmas with just us and the kids, and it, it's cool. Uh, yeah. I've gone back home a couple of times. It wasn't great. <laughs> I mean, it was great to see my brothers, but there was always like, that's not how I wanted to do Christmas. So, um, yeah. no, but it was about normal. This is a big season for, I do payroll. So oh, yeah. year end is not the time to be taking time off. Uh, we got W2s gotcha. to get out the door, things like that. So that's right. Just that's yeah, right. the only thing I have to offer out of there is don't use your last pay stub to file your taxes. Wait for your W2. Uh, it's been a PSA. I would, wouldn't dream of it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's thinking I, about it now. It's a good like, idea. Crap, I should do that. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. <laughs> Don't make me explain why they'll turn it off. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even remember the last time I looked at a pay stub. No, it is. Nope. Yep. Nope. Trust that it's coming. I'm not. I don't remember the last time I looked at mine, but I look at them all the right? fucking time. Man. <laughs> I hate that shit. Well, uh, little Patreon update. Uh, we did over that holiday period release a special episode to our patrons. Yeah. Best of Davos Finger right before the holidays. Um, we got a films get fingered coming up. We're gonna continue, which movie are you doing? We're gonna continue traversing our way through the Viewisk universe uh, with Dogma. We did Chasing Amy, one of my favorite movies. Last films get fingered, and uh, can move on to Dogma, which is an interesting one. <gasps> I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be interested to see hear some of your thoughts, Matt, on this one. Yeah. I think it was uh, Virginia, our friend, who was saying how interested she'd be to hear an an atheist and a man of faith going at this movie, you know? Yeah. Well, she's going to get it. Just from both so, angles. Mm. That didn't sound good in combination. <laughs> I said what I said. 
But uh, this one we put to the to our patrons, right? And we let them yeah. vote on a few different options, and Dogma came out on top, which surprised me a little bit. But I kind of down. I kind of thought Clueless was gonna win. It did not. Did you? I kind of did. People have people are suckers for that movie. I, I have never seen it. What? Oh, I, oh. man! Like man. what kind of? Might as well just tell us about the pay stubs now. Go ahead. <laughs> well, under the deductions section, you will note that nowhere in there are unemployment taxes. Okay, stop, stop. Okay. Yep, we've had enough. Mercy, mercy. Uh, one, one more big announcement. Friend of the podcast, Aaron Motes, did something pretty, pretty great. Yeah, totally. So our buddy Motsi, check out, if you're on Twitter, everybody, check out at Legends Lounge One. I tongue-tied myself there. At Legends Lounge One on Twitter. Or just Google it um, or Spotify or whatever. What it is is it's a Star Wars podcast hosted by Aaron um, chatting about the Star Wars Legends line of stories, the extended universe. None of this new Disney crap. Nothing. Just Star Wars pure as it was meant to be. Now, do you know if he's ever going to get to the Disney stuff? Or I don't know. Motes, what do you think, man? There's enough uh, expanded universe stuff to last him a while. I think, didn't he Uh, several months ago ask us to do this? And we're like, nah. (laughs) And so he just did it himself? (laughs) I think that happened. Well, he did it as like a a faux... um, not job application. Like oh, that's audition, right. Yeah. Audition. Like an audition tape. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be a host on Tavo's Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which would be wonderful. But I listened to the first one. Um, it's my kind of podcast. It's only about 30 minutes long or so. Oh, right on. Um, yeah. And he goes through a book, an episode. This last one he did, uh, Darth Bane, the first one in that series of books, um, Path of Destruction. And it was really fascinating and really cool to revisit that book. He kind of sum- reviews it, uh, summarizes it, um, pulls out themes, all of that fun stuff. And he oh, even does bring in some of the new canon stuff in the sense of talking about if there's any implications that this book might have on the new canon, if there's anything that was borrowed to use in the new canon, stuff like that. So, oh, Interesting. Yeah. So check him out. It's a lot of fun. All right. If you can't sit through our three-hour tomes Marathons. podcast, yeah, <laughs> go check out a 30-minuter from Motsi. That's what that skip 15's for. You just keep hitting that button. <laughs> Sometimes oh, I wonder. talking about his kids again. <laughs> thunk. Yep. Thunk. Word of the day. Nope. Thunk. <laughs> uh, all right. Today, uh, in addition to getting to know Katrina a little bit better, we are going to be covering Brand 2 from A Storm of Swords. Uh, yeah, this is the Night of the Laughing Tree chapter. So as you can guess, we're going to go all over the place, traversing some history here. Uh, we'll likely head into some territory, what the story means for Brand's future, maybe. Um, all bets are off on spoilers with these episodes, as usual. Yeah, and if you want to contact us, we love chatting with you. That's the best part of this, is talking. I like talking to Scad the most, Katrina second. Um <laughs> but the rest of you. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, shout out Mozi, but you know. I bet she can flip that ratio by the end of the night. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yep. Kind of depends on what mood you're in, buddy. But What? <laughs> That's harsh. 
You're always a pleasure. You're always a pleasure. Um, but if you want to talk to us about anything, you can find us at DavosFingers.com. Our email address is WeAreDavosFingers at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. We're always on Twitter, at DavosFingers. And our uh, you can check out our Patreon at Patreon.com slash DavosFingers. Yeah, you can. We're going to start right out of the gate here, getting to know Katrina a little bit. Katrina, who are you? What do you do? Uh, what drives you? What makes you who you are? Uh, my kids. I mean, I know that's like such a cliche fucking answer, yeah, but it's, it's okay. so at one point I was in, I was in, I think about this moment a lot. I was in a McDonald's drive through <laughs> with kid two. Well, all three of them, but kid two ordering happy meals and the boy or girl is like one of each. And we get the happy meals and they open their Happy Meals, and Kid 2 looks at theirs and goes, shit. And I'm like, what? You're not allowed to, you know, and I have this rule. defined. Yeah, but I was like, oh, I have this rule that if you make me laugh, you're not in trouble. So I had to, like, compose myself for a second. Honey, that's not appropriate language. What's the problem? Let's just move on, you know? And they were like, why are the girl toys stupid? Like, his does stuff. And my toy, the head doesn't even swivel. It's a stupid Barbie. And, like, whipped it. Like, out the fucking window. It was, like, 8 o'clock at night. Kid was blood sugary. Always been a little borderline wrathful. But I realized, fuck, she's right. You know, like, kids, kid, man, I I describe them as a knife in human form. Just a blade of a person. Just gonna cut you sweet as can be really but potential violence there mm-hmm. it's gonna like murder a, me in my sleep sometimes it's, it's like a, a sucked candy cane knife sweet yeah yes Pe- pepperminty but right. you can cut you can cut a person up yeah it's those. good enough for prison just right in the neck right in the, where crunch. it's soft yeah. right here just, yeah. Yeah. right and you get blood sugar problems right so and i realized fuck you know what i forgot to do make the world ready for my kids god damn it and it doesn't sound like that was possible <laughs> yeah you can't but we really i realized we haven't done enough like i'd been kind of uh in denial a little bit about some feminist issues i'm like i've never been discriminated against i don't think it's a thing i think that's just an attention ploy and i had to check my own privilege there because yeah sure but i would had typically female jobs of course i'm not gonna get denied mm. to run a register you know i was a 24 year old or whatever yeah you can go work that missy it's we'd let you come and look or work in electrical but you're not cute enough all right cool you know it's all boop boop you know and like we got a lot of fucking work to do and what kind of people are they going to be with what we're setting up for them right now so sure. i don't know I've just let them kind of mold me since then. <laughs> How am I doing, guys? They're like, fuck, mom. He's going in a home. Oh, uh, mom. <laughs> can you be less cringe on Twitter if that's cool? <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I love that, though, thinking about the world being ready for them, right? Right. We try that's to, what... we approach parenting with try to get the kids ready for the world. Well, fuck that. No. It's no. not working. And no. the kids deserve better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why I try to think about all the time. It's a, we, I want my kids to act and not be acted upon, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. Anyways. So, Star Wars. 
Yeah. <laughs> Star yeah. Wars is why I'm drinking right now. Okay. Star Wars is kind of what brought us together. Yeah. In a way. We ran in the same circles, but what really connected us, I think, was Star Wars. Um, specifically. Talking about the newer movies, yeah. Well, what? and specifically uh, a major player in the Star Wars universe by the name oh, of Wedge yes. Antilles. So the most important character. Yeah. yeah. But... Yeah. But but I feel like, I feel like nobody asked. Got, maybe it's <laughs> da, da, da. wedge. If the next word out of your mouth isn't wedge Antilles, wedge Antilles. Thank you. <laughs> Carry on. Fine, you may I'll continue. Drop it. <laughs> I I feel like you have a bit of a love hate with Star Wars though. I do. The, one of the one of the things I remember you first from was just complaining about the new films and how <laughs> terrible they are a comrade complaining what <laughs> what <laughs> what's great is i'm the cheery one <laughs> i know oh for sure <laughs> absolutely you are <laughs> that's great absolutely you, you are. do you, i mean do you agree with that yeah, it's definitely a love hate, and you know I think Moats. It was either Moats or Chase, ironically, reach or recently talked to me on Twitter, and we kind of had this conversation about how fandom has changed. And mm -hmm. as a teenager, Star Wars is mine, and I read all those books. My brothers were in like loved Star Wars movies, but they had other shit going on. They're enough mm -hmm. older than me that they were adults. They didn't give a fuck, you know, like whatever. Matt was into his death metal. Jonathan was into drugs i guess i don't know whatever the fuck he was into <laughs> but probably not getting laid um <laughs> and i was into star wars books uh, and uh yeah no so that was my own little world it's just great escapism and it kind of started with john had a friend named brad bad brad i can't remember this guy's last name who's kind of cute but like out of all of my brother's friends they always accuse me of having a crush on him it never happened but mm. brad brad was kind of kind of all right but brad was the one who was like we were star wars happened to be on because it's always fucking on and he was like hey that's wedge and i was like yeah okay right on you know and uh he's like no this is the only guy who lives like through all three movies he's you know kind of gives me the heads up that like look at this bad son of a bitch he gets through two dot stars like mm -hmm. doing it all without magic powers or whatever and i'm like much to think about brad thank you <laughs> yeah. call me in about 10 years when i'm old enough to talk to you buddy <laughs> and uh well i, I went back and like my mom got me a star wars book uh, trusa bakira was my first one and oh that's the only legends book i've read and uh it opens with a wedge scene and like oh fuck yeah and of course he <laughs> appears in none of the rest of the book right, yeah, of but i was in and because I didn't even really like Luke all that much. I wasn't really into Luke stories, but he grew on me through the books, which is kind of what is heartbreaking about what they've done with that story there is you've missed out on all of his growth and his whole journey and everything and good or bad. But I, they took such a different route there that I, it's not necessarily the wrong thing to do. I feel bad for those authors, but Star Wars was yeah. just mine. And now we're online and there's a fandom of other people that I have to talk to. And it gives me a lot of other perspective. When The Force Awakens came out, I went up north. It was one of the Christmases we went up north. 
every Christmas I post the same stupid YouTube video of, I made with my kids where it was like a Star Wars trailer. We reenacted the A New Hope trailer and uh, nice. but to like set up going to visit. And we all went out, bought out a whole row of tickets in this big like IMAX theater for all these comrades and watched Force Awakens. And Jonathan, we get out of the theater. My brother Matt and I are pumped. The kids are like, we don't fucking care because we're not nerds. And <laughs> Jonathan's already outside with a cigarette in his mouth. And I come rolling up. And he's like, uh, I already saw that movie like 30 years ago. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a balloon just bouncing off the walls. The air coming out. Like, Fuck. Man. Deflating. Yeah. No one, could def- no one could deflate a room like John. Like, no, you <laughs> just sucked the wind right out, motherfucker. And it, it, but I did enjoy it. I did. I hauled onto that. It yeah. was a lot of fun. And then the next one came out, and I probably owe it a little bit more credit than I gave it in that one video I put out. But uh, it wasn't. It didn't make any sense, like logically. And so it's just kind of like I don't understand and i know it's a cash grab and i feel really bad about the original authors and how they're like oh yeah Yeah. we're gonna scrap all your bullshit sorry and no one's ever gonna read this shit anymore and i hope you weren't looking forward to that income it it just kind of unless we like unless we like one of the characters and then that character is going to become ours right right (laughs) we'll just devour everything about they redid wedge's story and like it's just han's story but wedge it's stupid like he had his own story it it is interesting though because because Favreau and the Mandalorian spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it is mm-hmm. bringing some of those things back yeah. and Re- and Rebels did too and they're kind of it it feels like not that they're you know putting the legend status back to yeah you should go read these but they are bringing a lot of elements from them in I think and which is great I haven't gotten through there. Yeah. I watched like an episode and a half of either Rebels or Clone Wars or something and I tried I, I'm not good at looking at shit. If yeah. there's not words on the screen. So I, I didn't, if it's not reading, I, I'm not any good at it. You should turn on the closed captioning. I've heard it works I for should. a lot of people. I should. Uh, yeah, I'll get to it eventually, I'm sure. <laughs> I work not a lot, to dude. Like, <laughs> I work a lot. Do you know how much PTO I'm going to lose this year, man? <laughs> I work a lot. I'm busy staring at my phone. What happens if something happens on Twitter and I wasn't looking at it? Yeah, exactly. Relatable, oh my god! Especially lately, said it's gone. Yeah. Right? All right. Well, let's talk Song of Ice and Fire a little bit. Okay. Who's your favorite character in Song of Ice and Fire? Extended materials too, if you want. It's kind of a tough one. It's sort of like my kids. It depends on which one I'm looking at right then. <laughs> you know, like I love Davos consistently through the whole thing. Davos is great. Kind of get that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Mira, which is why I chose this chapter. I really relate to, in some ways. Um, to Arya, I just enjoyed as the kind of misunderstood, disgruntled little sister that I've always kind of been. Like, fuck yeah, I'll stab a bitch. That's cool. Let's go. <laughs> you know. And and I always think about like I talked to Alicia about it once, and she bummed me up. She's like, you know, I know you're excited about your little murder baby, but that child is not in a good place. And I'm like, I I know, but it, it, I just escapism like i just i just i know it's not good i'm not gonna ask my kids to be like that except for kid two but like i (laughs) i'm just trying to imagine eight-year-old me like with needle and well 
you can also love a character without celebrating them. Yeah, yeah, like, there's some that way. There are more I don't give a shit about. Um, but Poxy Tim. Beg your pardon? Poxy Tim. Poxy Tim, I don't give a fuck about that guy. Yeah. He can just, like, get stabbed in the neck, Poxy Tim. Uh, I've always been a Beric Dondarrion fan, though. He's kind of mm. the wedge of these books. He kind of is. I, I went down a hole researching this chapter and landed on some researching some Beric stuff. Oh, were we supposed to read it? Yeah. Oh, I haven't. I thought we were going to just, like, do a live read. I haven't even looked. <laughs> what? <laughs> But Scat only does does Sansa parts, though, so I guess that... (laughs) And and apparently I turn them Swedish. (laughs) You'll be the narrator. (laughs) What about minor characters? Minor characters. uh, I've always enjoyed Bronn. Just because Bronn is such a... (sighs) He's Bronn, you know? Like, we all know that guy. Um, Bronn, Brad. Ed. I love Ed a lot. Bronn is Mm -hmm. totally a Brad. He's totally a Brad. Uh, Ed reminds me a lot of Jonathan. Like, oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, the dour yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah. Just, oh, I mean, he'd love to think he's Uncle Reader or whatever, and he is. That's cute. <laughs> but, man, <laughs> you're Ed. He's like, I guess the whites are going to get me. Uh, uh. <laughs> I can't wait for John to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> It'll be the one episode he skips. Just watch. He's like, I, I'm not going to fuck with that. Does John even listen to us? I don't even know if he... I don't know. You think I talked there, to this motherfucker? There was, a, there was a time when he did. I don't I don't think he does. I don't know. Yes. He works I don't... way more than I do. Wow. So I don't know. Oh. I'll make sure Anyways. it gets in front of him. Yeah, he'll, he'll probably listen to this one. Yeah. 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 Um... You talked about your kids. I always ask the timely pandemic question about what's your sunshine? What what shines through these hard times for you? Oh, uh, alcohol. No, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I get to, my oldest graduated this summer. And no way. Yeah, hell of a year to like, fuck. You know, I mean, Poor whole kid. life I have looked forward to 2020 because i knew this kid would be graduating that year yeah and just like oh i can't wait to celebrate it's gonna be so cool i'm gonna make sure that they have a better graduation than i do like here are all my goals for how that's gonna go down i'm gonna make sure they get to go on a trip and shit and oh yeah (laughs) but uh it's kind of a nice i was telling scott about this the other night that when they were born I stayed home. I was a stay-at-home mom for the first couple of years, and mm-hmm. um, and now they're a baby adult, and they're doing college from home, and I'm working from home, and we're together again all day while the other two are at school, Aww. and it's kind of nice. It's because kid one is the best. I mean, not the best of my kids; they're all best, but kid one's really the best person, and just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not again. Sorry, kid two, if you download this, I apologize. Uh, kid three, no, it's kid one's the best person. And um, <laughs> he'll get it. He's fine. Because one and two thinks three's my favorite. Of course. It, oh, yeah, it's, yeah it's no. Mm-hmm. But I just get to spend time with my oldest and knowing that yeah. I have very limited time left. Um, it, it can't make up 
any better way to spend all day on Zoom calls than doing it next to my oldest. Right. It's great. And if, at a nice. formative time for him, too. So Yeah. So it's awesome. Ugh. I fear those days when my kids are released upon the world. It's going to be great. Stoke, they're still talking to me. All right, my my version of of the of the timely pandemic question is is what your favorite swear word is. What is your favorite curse word? What would you guess? Not to use everybody else's, but fuck is yeah. the most valuable word in our language. It's pretty good. It, yeah. Tell me more about that the most valuable word in our language oh it just conveys so much more it's kind of forbidden so it's a little bit juicy you know it's Mm -hmm. got it it can be a verb it can be an adjective it can be anything (laughs) it can be a noun like that fuck it can also be said in anger or lustily or or just mild frustration or just humor fuck that's a good pizza you know it's my least favorite word is amazing I hate that fucking word. Amazing. Amazing. Like amazing like a hot dog. I think it's Eddie Izzard has this bit about people overusing the word awesome. And it's like, is it awesome like a hot dog or is it awesome like the universe? Like (laughs) what? Really? We've kind of broken the meaning down. And I just. That's not a bit I've heard, but I'm a big fan of the Star Wars cantina bit. Have you heard that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love Eddie Izzard. So you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier already, but uh, with with the Mira mm-hmm. uh, reference. But why did you choose this chapter, the Night of the Laughing Tree? Honestly, I forgot it was the Night of the Laughing Tree bit. Oh, I just okay. like swiped through. I was looking through the wiki, and I was like, "All right, good brand chapters. Good, yeah, fuck it. I don't have time, so this one will go." And I DM'd you guys. Really? This is the chapter we're gonna go with because I knew I wanted one where I could talk about Mira a little bit. And Joe Jen and Brand together. And, uh, <laughs> and like, if I had stopped to think, once I realized which one it was, I'm like, oh, fuck, that's a little ambitious. Like, I am not the greatest mind of our ASWA fandom, you know? Like, I, t- to come in here and smugly go, yeah, I'm going to talk about the most important story that's told in this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I-, I definitely got this. Watch me. No, but I just wanted to bitch about Howland Reed a little bit. <laughs> here it's, we are it's pretty great chance. though you, you picked it then for like the boring because this chapter is kind of like two halves right there's yeah. the half where it's like we travel through the mountains together right and style, i love that and bit. then there's the story bit right mm-hmm. you get to spend a little time walking alongside them through the yes. woods in the cold you know increasing dread and yes. uh you just kind of get to know these guys a little bit and think about their dynamic and how there's this stupid fucking eight-year-old walking alongside a dumbest little kid <laughs> like i'm not sure if martin has met an eight-year-old but brand's kind of thick like just not the sharpest tool in the box oh man uh, i never thought of it that way <laughs> like i have eight-year-olds and i remember very clearly being eight i mean i have an eight-year-old right now and i feel right. like do you feel like he's a dummy <laughs> it's definitely not a dummy there you go. Uh, this is all you need. It's very insightful. But I feel like Bran has some of that, too. I don't know. It's interesting. We'll probably get into it when we, come yeah. when we, when we jump into it. But... I'm trying to think. Like, is Bran a dummy? Yeah, I never would have <laughs> said that. But now that you say it, I mean... It's fucking stupid. Like, he, like, interrupts with, like, dumb observations on the story a lot. <laughs> 
right? He like yeah. wants to take the king's road, which is really clearly, obviously, a bad idea. So not a good. Old. Even my kids would be like, "Hey, mom, maybe we need to take cover." Like yeah. this. I mean, I've been through uh, school shooter training, so I'm going to know some preventive measures here. You definitely want to not be out in the open. Well, then, my, <laughs> my 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 eight year old definitely. I could see that being a question, Mary. He'd be like, well, why can't we just go on the road and be faster? Right. And I would look at him and I'd say, why do you think we can't go on the road? And then he'd like, think about it. And then he'd come up with something probably relatively close, but he would ask, like, unless I prompted him, I don't think he'd just come up with it. Gotcha. But eh, I don't know. And my eight year old would just be kind of like, cause I have an eight year old too now. Yeah. Um, Congratulations. Just, thanks. He made it. <laughs> It's a milestone. He's, he's nearly a man. Yeah. <laughs> According to you, he should be a lot further along. But... <laughs> yeah, Matt, fucking is your eight thick like mine? <laughs> I feel like he'd just be oblivious. He'd just be like, oh, cool, we're walking in the woods. This is great. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is fantastic. <laughs> he'd just be throwing rocks and fucking field climbing trip. trees. And, yeah, this is awesome. It's, yeah. it's interesting you call him thick because I feel like he's he's deep, right? Like he's got these other longer term motivations than like most eight-year-olds have, he has you know? some like, yeah uh because the future's not going the way you wanted right so fine i'm gonna learn how to be a bird cool yeah. <sighs> as long as i don't think about the blonde guy we're all good wonder if mira will fuck me wow <laughs> that's a big age gap we'll talk about that probably. <laughs> it's like oh slow down brad it's just i wonder if i pop into hodor let me see it no we've derailed (laughs) should we we read our chapter summary we should probably do that i'm not sure if matt can pull it together oh i'm starting (laughs) all right listen up Kalasar, right. we're about to go through and, and read you a chapter summary. I'm just imagining Hodor, like Bran going into Hodor and then Hodor taking a peek. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> pulling out the waistband and just like, oh, all right. Um, all right. Let's do this thing. So uh, Bran and gang, Bran and crew, have left the Wolfswood for the Gray Slate Mountains of the North. Up and down they go with Bran and his basket. They get lost, they have to backtrack here and there, but in general they make steady but slow progress. They do have one problem, though. Yeah, there isn't much food up there. Uh, Mira had been able to supply the product or the party with a steady diet of fish, and Summer would supplement with his nights away hunting. But up here there's less game and fewer streams, and they're getting hungry. If we took the King's Road, we could be at the wall by now, whines Bran. He really is a whiner, isn't he, that? we could be there already (laughs) okay why not take the king's road you might ask we just kind of covered that well stubborn grandfather jojen insists that it isn't safe king's road would be faster of course but it comes with people that can spot them and that anyone that does that probably has a pretty good chance of putting the pieces together and then they travel with a giant wolf who else could it be right but hungry or no they press on they feel alone in this great beyond prompting mira to ask if anyone lives up here Bran gives a quick account of the different clans in the area. We've got the Wolves, the biggest clan, the Littles, the Harclays, the Norries, the Little... We said Littles twice. Knots and Flints. Yep. Uh, Bran insists they're here, and um, even though they're here, they won't bother them so long as they don't cause trouble. 
And that very night, they meet a man, proving Bran's tale. Bran figures the man for a little, since they're listed twice, as he has a pinecone brooch, uh, part of their sigil. They share a cave and a fire and some food with the little, and they also share some conversation. Yeah, the stranger asks no questions of their origin or intent, but opines for the days when the Starks were in Winterfell. The roads and inns were safer then, but now he warns Squids and Boltons stalk the countryside asking questions, offering gold for information of certain walking dead. He also warns them against the wall, sharing news of Mormont's adventure north and then not coming back. Yeah, up and down, up and down some more, and this time Bran passes the time by trying to skin change an eagle that they see way up in the sky. He can't do it, he gets frustrated. Uh, so bored again, he asks for a story. Mira obliges with a little prodding, and one of the only stories about knights that this uh, little little one from the Cranigs knows. It's the Knight of a Laughing Tree. The story of a diminutive Cranigman, or not, who paddled down the Green Fork to get to the Isle of Faces. He stayed a season on the Isle, but in the spring, left to continue his exploits. He stumbled onto one of the greatest tourneys ever, and enjoyed himself until he was ambushed and beaten by three squires. Yeah, until a two-legged she-wolf swooped in to save the day, driving off the attackers. Then, of course, she insisted that the Cranigman accompanied her back to her pavilion. He then attends a feast, where he sees singing, dancing, a drinking competition... Yeah, but most noteworthy to him is that he recognizes the three squires that attacks him. He notes their sigils, but struggles with what to do. He's smaller, he has no real skill on a horse, and doesn't think he can really do anything to regain his hurt honor. So he goes to the shoreline of the God's Eye, points himself at the Isle of Faces, and prays for guidance. And it was at the end of the second day that a mystery knight appeared. This mystery knight is short of stature and arrives in mismatched armor. But it makes no matter. The knight rides right over to the three champions and challenges all three of the squires that attacked the granite. And this knight, wielding a shield emblazoned with a weirwood, rides through them, defeating them one by one, and ransoms their armor back not for gold, but in return for chastising their squires and teaching them honor. This knight was then never seen again, but the shield was found hanging from a tree near Harrenhal. Bran quibbles with some of the details of the story, but likes it well enough. Jojen asks for the umpteenth time, Are you certain you've never heard this tale before? And is rebuffed. As Bran thinks more on the story, he laments that he will never be a knight, completely missing the point, and wonders if he may be the green man who could help him be a knight, even for a day. Poor lad. Poor lad. Yeah. yeah, he really does kind of miss the point, doesn't he? It's right over his fucking head. Oh, this little <laughs> eight-year-old head. Come on, dude. So thick. <laughs> so thick. <laughs> it's great. It's Trina, you're known for being a mom on Twitter. Fuck brand. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well played. Stupid eight-year-old. <laughs> so we're going to cover some of the points here uh, from the first half of that chapter, which is mostly kind of some travel. Um... Very Fellowship of the Rings vibe, hey? A little bit. A little yeah, a lot bit. of walking. Getting a their steps in. Yeah. It's uh, 
you know, Martin knows how to go on and on, but but this is nothing compared to compared to Tolkien's walking chapters. Those those are those are epic, epically long and detailed. But uh, yeah, the first step crunched the leaf of a <laughs> fucking who's its tree and made a deeper sound under his heel than it did under the toe. The ancestor of this tree came from oh, Jesus Christ, Tolkien. I mean, yeah. I love you, but move this along. So we have, this is the second chapter in uh, Storm of Swords. In the last chapter, uh, the very last chapter of Clash of Kings, Bran and his brother Rickon are split up. Bran goes with Mira and Jojen and Hodor, and Rickon goes with Hosha and Shaggy Dog. Um, and, And now they're kind of, they're making different, different different paths but they kind of seem i didn't remember this they kind of seem aimless right they've got this uh sense of heading north but but also kind of i don't get the sense they all feel like they should be doing it you know except except joe wants to go ahead yeah joe jen wants to but because he's already over this fucking kid what? Like, I can't teach you anything else. Let's get you to a professional. And right. Bran wants what Jojen wants, but isn't fully sold on it just yet. I think he gets there soon. Not necessarily in this chapter. It comes. But where he is right now, he's still reeling with everything yeah. he's been through. And he, I still want to be a knight. Why can't I just do what I want to do. And I get it. You're eight, man. And you had your whole plan. You were like the fifth kid or whatever. And you were just going to go earn your way through the world uh, with honor or whatever. And win some princess's heart or some shit. And, uh, or realistically, probably get sent to the fucking wall. Sorry, kid. (laughs) And you and your little brother, too. Because you're kind of a threat to Rob. But, eh... Is things aren't working out. Mira's but, just like, I'm just headed to watch my little brother die. So I'm not really on board, but I'll do what I gotta do. <laughs> That's a sad story, too. I, I feel <sighs> like Bran is... He's... Because he's so enamored with the stories, he's willing to give this a go. Like Also, he's he knows he's not gonna get the life he wants. Mm-hmm. He thinks he can learn how to fly, whatever that means, right? So he's he's in. But it just I just feel like they're kind of like... I don't know, there is urgency, but it's just kind of more like a, well, we'll get there when we get there. And Well, I get where Jojen's coming from. He's like, oh, like my daughter hurt her wrist while we were up in Star Valley, ran into a snowbank sledding. And like, I'm sitting there doing what dads can do to help with a hurt wrist, you know? Like, can you move it still? Okay, then you're all right. You've got this. But it eventually gets to the point where it's like, okay, I can do what I can do, but I've got to get you to a doctor eventually. And mm-hmm. she ended up, she did have a broken wrist. Oh, no. <laughs> we kept her away from the doctor for a full day before I finally Ooh. took her in. I felt awful. Tough it out, kid. <laughs> Wrists are tricky. It's, well, she I've can got... move it still and everything. I was like, it'll probably start to feel better in a little bit. No, it was broken. Yeah. You didn't do uh, any harm, though. You just watched to see if it swells. and then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it didn't even really swell that much. But mm. we took it in because of the pain. It wasn't stopping hurting, and it was broken. Right. Uh, but 
anyways, that's how Jojen is, right? He's like, he's at that point where he goes, this is all I can do. All I can do is dream about getting you up north. And yeah. that's as much as I can offer you, man. Like, I know you want to learn more. Like Katrina said, he's over it at this point. Like, I can't tell you any more than what I've told you, dude. So we've just got to get you up there. I don't know where we go after that, but I have to get you there. And Bran, meanwhile, like you've said, he just wants to learn how to fly. In all the stories that they told, they skip the whole part about, you know, all the walking through the woods the knight has to do in order to defeat the dragon. He's just all of a sudden at the dragon, fighting the dragon and winning his honor, you know? Right. And this time they have to traipse through all this crap. And... I found it kind of, um, it's kind of an ominous thing that Bran wants to take these shortcuts. He's willing to cut corners and take risks and not be safe. And we start to see that come up again in later chapters of Dance with Dragons, where he's going to take some risks, skin changing into Hodor, because he wants to. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of this ominous little look into brand potentially being willing to take the short and easy route in order to get to where he wants to go you know what i mean yeah it feels like he has a hard lesson coming for that totally totally i i feel that they they cover it with the mira kind of bitches about the mountains just briefly saying she hates them and they're like you said you loved them the other day and she's like why can't it be both and and she and and jojen kind of talk to Bran about, well, of course things can be you know, two opposite things at, at, at a time. And kind of like the like the computer brains of the Terminator series or, or lots of other sci-fi vehicles, right? Where they're like, logically, humans are going to end up destroying themselves, so why don't I just do it first? Bran, mm-hmm. Bran he's so he's got no gray area, right? He's very black and white, I feel like, and he could... I, yeah, I mean, I've talked about this before in other episodes, but like he could end up turning to a, what I feel is a very dark place. Right. And, that can and, be a dangerous thing to not have with his inherent abilities. Right. Right. Like you gotta, you gotta be able to like pick, take a middle path, you know? Mm-hmm. Think things through. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds to me like nobody's ever gone, just wait a minute. The cookies are still too hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. totally. Right. Yeah. You're fine, dude. I I get it, but you're fine. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. You just keep breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. It's it's going to be okay. Let's yeah, and some... and he doesn't have those people to tell, tell him now, right? He right. one of them. He may have just eaten him. Um you know, at, the, <laughs> at the end of of where we are in the in the story. He doesn't have many mentors that seem to be looking out for him. And so, yeah, nobody to tell him the cookies are hot. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and, and and you're right. He he seems willing to just kind of skip to the parts he likes. You know? Jump into Hodor. Stay with the wolf. The the previous chapter before this one, he's he wants to stay in summer for a longer period of time. Doesn't want to come right. back. Like, Meanwhile just, he's not eating me, and all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, let me do the fun parts. Just leave me alone. And I get it, he's nine, you know, or eight or nine. however old. Yeah, he's yeah. a little kid. But, but it kind of reminds me of the boy at the beginning of The Princess Bride. And he's oh, like, totally. uh, can we just cut to the chase already? You know, he just, he doesn't Where's have the patience the to sit through. Right, he's missing, he's missing the part. And I think this is kind of an overall reflection of really what the stories, part of what the stories are about is that 
uh, being selected by destiny or whatever to be a hero is painful and not what you want. Adventure stank. Mm-hmm. Adventure, yeah. adventure stank. And he just hasn't fully grasped that yet. He wants the romantic parts. He wants the excitement and the honor and the glory. And But he doesn't want the growth. The right. Growth hurts. <clears throat> and we've talked before about how Eddard and Catelyn are, as far as lords go, they're pretty good parents. But we have to give Bran a little bit of slack here, too, in recognizing that he grew up a pre- in a pretty privileged life. Yeah. Um, he His growth has been ushered on by maesters and a loving doting mother and uh, you know has every he's never wanted for anything uh, mm-hmm. before the fall anyways and um so i, I kind of get where he's at but it's there's definitely some some uh, red flags already uh, cropping up with bran there are it's and it's not it's not so much that it's abnormal i think to me at least mm-hmm. for for an eight-year-old because I totally, my, my ear would totally want to skip to the good parts and not put in yep. the work. And like, I, I feel that's pretty normal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just disturbing because we all know how powerful he is. And so mm-hmm. we're like, no, like figure this out, kid. Like, you know, like you got to. <laughs> and we and... get all sorts of little ominous things like this, like the, yeah. the, this, the, the, even the ice dragon constellation, right? The thing that they're looking to follow whenever they get lost, they look up in the sky to follow the ice dragon constellation that is marked by a blue star in the dragon's eye, right? How ominous is that? There's another little line later on in the next section we're going to cover where it said it made Bran shiver, but it was okay. Bran liked the shivers. Yes. You know? <clears throat> so. All sorts yeah. of just like little things that kind of set off little warning bells in your head. Yeah. Imagine losing your way and having to wait like a whole day for a clear sky at night. For just clouds. clouds. <laughs> like, I feel like this isn't that hard. I'm not, you know, I'm no Eagle Scout like Matt, but I figure you look up and you can see the sun and you know which way you need to go. Right? Like, I feel like Arya struggles with this too. Like, did George never go outside as a kid? Like, this this doesn't seem like this should be that hard. He grew up in Jersey. There's no sun in <laughs> City kids don't know what they're doing. It's, I, I thought about that too because I have a pretty good compass. There's yeah. a few spots where it just gets kooky, but I have a pretty good compass and I like testing it. I go out for drives and stuff like that out in the woods and I have a basic idea. And one thing Bran is good at is maps and houses. He knows who belongs where and he kind of knows. He spent all that time lost, but he knew whose territory he was in and he knew who was watching him. And like he's observant. But didn't necessarily put it together on uh, toward navigation. So there's just <laughs> not, and maybe that's just a little spotty attention to detail. Maybe on the days that it was cloudy, they just didn't see anybody. Maybe they were in some territory he wasn't sure about or some sort of borderlands or something. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. Because, yeah, he's eight and he probably never went out without an adult. But... Eh. What I worry about with his lack of patience is that I don't think destiny has patience for him either. I mm. think there's the forces at work here. I keep saying destiny because I don't know what else to call it. It The forces at work here are also moving very quickly. And there's not necessarily time for Bran to learn patience. They're not ne- there's not necessarily time for the long road. There's got to be, or he's going to you know, strike down Darth Vader and join the Emperor instead of he's going to yeah. wind up risking becoming Euron instead of 
you know, if that theory holds true or whatever, instead of becoming Luke Skywalker as we know him. But... Well, I mean, so the, the tropes all say that you need you need some sort of mentor to like guide you, right? right? Like Luke out yeah. of Obi-Wan and you know, everyone knows. You don't need to go through the examples, but so do you think then moving to a speculation phase here, do you do you think then that that Blood Raven the um that he'll that he's going to teach Bran some of these things to make sure he's successful or do you just think Bran's story is going to end up being a failure should be in, in which he does like you said strike down I think he'll be I think he will be successful it's his story I think he'll be successful despite mm-hmm. the forces at work I think despite his better or his other urges I think Bran will surprise himself and make right choices in the end. I think ultimately he'll do okay. I make fun of this kid because it's fun to me, but I think he's going to be all right. And I I trust that he's going to make the right choices. At his core, he's a good person and he's a good kid. I think he's going to be okay. And I think future's in good hands if Bran's at the steering wheel. But is he going to, you know shake some trees and chop some bees along the way yeah absolutely <laughs> well it's just yep. it, uh, he's such like you mentioned the houses and the sigils and the shields and everything like i feel like he's a good student i feel like mm-hmm. he wants to know things and he wants to understand things and despite wanting to be a knight i think he could have been a much better maester mm-hmm. um but but i i those kids you know if they're not tight, taught the right things, they learn the wrong ones. And he doesn't have a teacher right now. And yeah. so I, I think I agree. He does have a good heart and his intentions are in the right place. And usually I think that's enough for people, but I don't know. I've, we've seen a lot of scary stuff with him. I just, right. and I don't know what, Blo- I don't know what blood Raven's intention is either. I, I feel like he's a good guy, but it also feels yeah. very Halloweeny whole horror story to me sometimes too. He might go bad before he gets good. Yeah. Great. I'll also give some uh some cred to Katrina's gal, Mira, though. And she may not be the the mentor type, but she is someone who I think is going to is can potentially be and is already probably a good compass for Bran. I think she and is. Yeah. I think that um she's already shown that. She's devoted to him just out of a it seems like just a sense of goodness that she just likes him yeah. and she's going to just be there to take care of him. Um, but I think that will come more into play later and that'll be interesting to see. It will be interesting to see how the, if the Jojen pace theory is true, how that's all handled. But I think yes. in the end, she's meant to be a moral compass for Bran. And uh, I think we'll see that come through. I hope that's where it is. I, th- this, I mean, George is an incredibly good writer, and I feel like he's laying hints. Even in this chapter, there's just a little, little, little note. I didn't think this one's creepy, but just like how he enjoys watching her hunt. And like, just, it, it feels he's, she could be a different type of object to him, rather than a moral compass. And we've seen what he did to Hodor, and I worry what happens if she rejects him. And could become a completely different driving force for him. I don't think so. Yeah. But it does worry. Good call, man. Good call. I think the one good thing here is that she can definitely outrun him. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
<laughs> not if he not if he takes not if he takes over her body. Oh, that's a good point. If he works into her, I hadn't even considered that. I, would would he be able to though? I don't she's know got a stronger wanna... will. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder how yeah. she'll react. Like if Jojen is paced. That's her little brother, dude. Like, yeah. ha- that's what I mean. It, that could strain everything. Yeah. It's. Yep. I mean, there's little brothers and there's little brothers. And uh, some of us will eat our little brothers in cereal and have no problem with it. <laughs> some of us are going to be a little less comfortable. <laughs> and I, I want to know these people that you know. <laughs> That are okay with it. I don't want to know those little brothers. <laughs> uh, I don't want to know those little brothers. Uh, I was taking I, quotes here. <laughs> I was watching uh, Two Towers over the break and uh, and reading this chapter and the summer coming back with the hair for them to eat, like coming back with the stuff that he hunts. And while I was watching Two Towers, Sam is cooking the brace of conies that that Smeagol mm-hmm. brings back. That was well timed. And then, mm-hmm. and then the army shows up, and they never get to eat them. Right. This That's great sad. meal that they made, the only one, and they didn't even get to eat it. Missing out on taters, but it still it, had. Yes. I never even noticed that or thought of. That's God. What I didn't far. either until this time. <sighs> I was like, yep. oh no, those things. They're just sitting there, still roasting. Mm. To this day, well into the seventh age oh, or whatever. <laughs> just slowly rotating on a spit. They're stoned now, but <laughs> I, immortalized. Like, like Home Alone, Kevin never got to eat his uh, dinner. Like, yep. Yeah, I always Take a bite, kid. Take a bite. <laughs> so uh, on this podcast, I frequently uh, say the phrase, the wolves know shit. Um, in this chapter, they come upon the little, and he's cooking in a cave with a fire. And I never thought about it before, but surely Summer smelled that fire, that smoke, and led them there, right? right. Probably a good call out. Yeah, yep. seems reasonable. Like, safe. These mm-hmm. wolves are awesome. That's all. I'm yeah, saying. and just dumping them off with another adult for a few minutes, like <laughs> man, I... I need a break. <laughs> Jojen's I need like, to go. Oh, I need so to go sniff awesome. some trees. You. Just, oh. you got this, sir. Can you? You got the cat. Okay, I'm gonna go outside. I'm gonna go. Just, just it's, ten minutes. Ten it's minutes. raining. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'll be right back. I'm fur. I'll see you in the do morning. A, do you have a lighter? Just, <laughs> <It's> just. <laughs> I'm gonna guard the door. It'll be cool. <laughs> this little is incredibly well informed. Yes. Is that yeah. weird to anyone? It's just me. And, like, and also, like, helpful, mm-hmm. but, like, also not as helpful as maybe he should be. I mean, if like, fed him, but, like, there's children. You're not going to walk them up? Like, yes, you know who they are. That's, that's what I mean. Like, wouldn't you take care of them? Like, point them in the right direction, at least. Give them a damn <laughs> police escort. Um, right? A fucking map? Something? Yeah. Like, they're like, guessing at what way's right? north? Yeah. For all we fucking know, the kids headed the wrong way. <laughs> like they wake up in Essos on Thursday and are like, "Shit, this is not." I've if always you hit thought, water. I've you've always, gone too far. I've always thought this guy was amazing. Like, oh, he let him share the fire and he gave him breakfast. You know, left the breakfast yeah. and everything, and 
he told them to stay away from the king's road he's very helpful and i'm like he just let these kids i mean mira's older i guess but like doesn't yeah. he isn't he kind of like honor bound to like take care of them it's his oh that is the next really boy uh, he'll be fine cool well, rob's still alive i guess at this point but it, it does say that he never asked their names or anything. Right, oh, but, but who he knew? The... He 100% knew. He gives yeah. he gives he gives Bran this savage little dig. They ask is it far <laughs> to the wall? Not so far as the raven flies, farther for them as lax wings. Total right? dig at Bran. <laughs> it's as if he knew that he's been dream- dreaming about flying. So that's what I started wondering. Yeah. And I can't believe I'm bringing this up because I have no I have no ground to stand on. Like I have no Dude. like theory to present. This is the Davos Fingers way. Just do it. We'll come up with a theory on the fly. That's how we did it with the maze thing, didn't we? Yeah. So you do it. I... That's how Team John came about too, I think. Um, kind of. So I think this little might be someone glamoring the little. Whoa. Or something like that. They call out the pinecone clasp. Yep. Uh, and Bran looks at that pinecone clasp and goes, "Oh, this guy must be a little because he's got a pinecone." That's the only way they know he's a little, or they yeah. even think he's a little. We just all assume he's a little because Bran thinks he's one, but really uh-huh. all there is is a pinecone clasp. Yep. Um, and I'm thinking back to what Melisandre said about glamours that people see what they want to see. And she talks about the jewel or the bag of finger bones. She brings that up ominously about Davos. Um, And so that got me thinking the fact that the little knows all this stuff that I don't feel like a mountain clansman would know. Like the whole idea, he knows what's going on at the wall right now. Yeah, he's up on current events. And he even phrased things like... Um, we're looking for the walking dead or whatever it is he said. <laughs> it's a little on the nose, buddy. Like yeah, The last wall chapter in this, and obviously the timelines are kind of mixed up in these books, mm-hmm. but the last wall, the last uh, north chapter that we have is the one where Sam is running away from the others right after the Fist of the First Men. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the last thing that we've heard from the Night's Watch. The birds would have flown back. <clears throat> by then right so they would have had ravens and and there is famously one of the the littles oldest son is apple right right is at the wall he's a night's watchman so it's possible that word could have traveled to the little clan and this could all just be moot but this little just seems so well informed he says these little digs like farther for them as lax wings he's bringing up how great it is when there's a stark in winterfell um, but he talks about it like it was years and years ago. Yeah. So I've almost, I almost wonder if it's not a message via Blood Raven. Like, right? Well, is he is just Blood speaking Raven through himself. this dude? Or yeah, yeah, is it just Blood Raven? Like, are they going to tell this story to each other later? Bran and Mira sitting around a fire, and he's going to be like, "Hey, you remember that time we met a little? I owe that guy some acorns." And she's going to be like, "I don't fucking know what you're talking about, buddy. We took a nap next to a tree." And <laughs> oh, awesome. you're blowing my mind, Katrina. It never actually even happened. <laughs> it's right. It's it's fucking Saint Elsewhere. You just like rattle that fucking snow globe. He's yeah. weird. <laughs> well, on the Blood Raven thing, that came to mind too. Even little details like what did the little leave for them the next morning? Blood sausage. Yeah. So I don't know. 
And what but were I the don't oat know. cakes? Oh, the some cakes. cakes, a couple of different flavors, because Bran tried one of each or whatever. Yeah, you got to have brown sugar and cinnamon for an eight-year-old, stuff like that. But... <laughs> got some Pop-Tarts and some, some corn dogs. He's all set. <laughs> nugs. <laughs> some, yeah. some nugs. He described the sausages as hard. Like, I want to... Like, I know we get, like, summer sausage. Heh, <laughs> that's kind of funny. But we get, like, summer sausage in real life. But otherwise, I've never had a hard sausage. Well, I guess there's salami. Salami's yeah. technically a hard sausage. Right. I was just thinking about that as I was reading. I was like, that sounds fucking gross. Like they were talking about it somewhere in the like a Sam chapter or something. Oh, we got hard sauce. Maybe it was the one just where it was the trader dudes sausage. who were like, oh, we're going to get a bunch of hard sausages or whatever. And like, that sounds fucking gross. But all right. Some stale freezer burnt. Like, Bullshit. Mm, just imagine those hot dogs that you found at the back of the freezer that have been <laughs> right rolled out of the package. Yeah. It was a bar s already, so it was kind of <laughs> questionable <laughs> trash meat, glorified Vienna sausage. So, so, so anyways, I could be I could be convinced I, I that this is this Blood Raven. Right. I, could, I could I could be convinced this is Blood Raven, skin changing. I don't know about a glamour, but skin changing this human. Right. So he's got experience with both, theoretically. We've got precedence for... Um, but to work uh, at Glamour, he would have had to like, physically be there. That's what I was to, wondering. Like, That's why I'm glamour, saying this, right? this theory doesn't have like a ton of... But he can skin chase anybody. On. Right? Yeah. Like I feel like Bloodraven can just take a bird, fly wherever, and just like transfer his conscience whenever he wants. Can't I mean, kind mm -hmm. of. But he? even then, it's like, wouldn't Bloodraven want to get the kids up to him faster so he could get started with everything. Yeah. And so wouldn't to your guys's point, he want to give like a little more guidance than just be gone the next morning oh. or what maybe... if the little is the South of the walls version of cold hands. That's what I thought of too. A guy always shows up for them. Right. You get like a little, you just, you get a maybe there's a later. North South version and he keeps, Hey, don't cross that wall. <laughs> and the other guy's like, I'll get you through the wall. You got to get out of here. Mm -hmm. And but, but this guy tells them specifically not to go to the wall. Okay, so maybe it's not that purpose. Maybe He's it's like, like stay the fuck away from there. the wall. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe they all have the same auto-recorded message. Thank you for using wall customer service. You're... <laughs> well, maybe it was uh, Blood Raven testing Bran a little bit, being like, don't go. It's not going to work out. Strength of his will mm. or something. Yeah, and see if he'd still come through. I, I never thought of the timeline before, and you're right. It's, it's very fast for this dude to have all of this information. It's been described before and explained away as, well, he's the little, so he's got all the information his clan has. But, like, he's the one getting all the information because he's the little. So and the little is just sitting out in a cave by himself one night. More, more Diddling like, his little, little. More like this little has all the information. And the people that know they're there and have been watching them but not interfering reported that there's this going on. And he's like, I know who that is. I'm going to go find him and, and give him some advice and a little help. Mm -hmm. Because the clans folk love, you know, yeah. love Ned. But, but I get what you're saying because the timeline does seem... You don't have me. I'm not hooked. But I, I'm, inter I'm, but not... I'm interested. Frankly, I'm not hooked either, but I was just like, this is so convenient. Cool. I'm all in. It's fucking Blood Raven. It's a ghost <laughs> south cold hands. It's going to be warm hands. 
That's what I'm calling this bitch from now on. Little warm hands. He did have a fire. (laughs) Yeah, see? And he just touched some wood. So you've got warm hands that hands him off to cold hands that hands him off to Blood Raven. Love it. It's got a whole network. A bunch of hands. Yep. There's hands of the king and hands of the... Yeah, it's a theme. I did not imagine we would end up up going here. And then to... And it needs to be, but it needs to stay Bran's choice, right? Bran needs to want this. He can't be, like, led by the hand in order to fulfill his destiny and become what he needs to be, you know? Well, he does he? to power through this. That's Why what is that I'm the rule? convincing myself of. That's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know because that Raven feels that way. I feel like otherwise, he would do... Get your ass up here, kid. I pushed you out a window. Exactly. Yeah. That's the only way I can explain the fact that the the this glamour or skin changing blood raven was gone the next morning and wasn't like okay he wasn't let's like go. waiting for them when now. they woke up like I already got your stuff let's go we turns out he's just another miles to walk today shitty adult and a world full of shitty adults who don't know how to supervise children mm, like you got Howland Reed right fucking Howland Reed's Dora the Explorers dad yeah like sure kids field trip time fuck off. <laughs> You know what? I don't think I'm going to make it up to Winterfell this year. You guys go. Can you guys handle it? Can you guys... You have your period, right? All right, cool. Peace out. (laughs) With the fuck kind of parenting? This fucking guy. Well, right after they leave the little, Bran has his own skin-changing effort. Bloodraven being the little or not. Uh, Interesting, that happens right after. Mm -hmm. Um, Good point. He tries to skin-change an eagle way up in the sky. And fails. Was it surprising to you guys that he failed? No, not at all. No? You know, the first couple of times I've looked at this chapter, I didn't even think about it. Uh, it, it just didn't stick out until like this most recent reread. Um, I don't know, man. It's either far away or there's that other dude that's in it. I don't remember if he's still around at this point or not. Yeah, uh, I wondered if, if it could possibly be Orel's eagle, but... Um... Right. I just... I think... Or it's a bird up north, and it's yeah. far away, and he's not any good at this yet. Like, it's kind of far. Yeah. It, it is. Uh, distance doesn't seem to be a huge factor. I mean, Arya does it while she's sleeping to Nymeria, who's miles away. Um, she's but... just superior. It's fine. Well, she... that's part of the point I'm maybe making is that, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm surprised that he failed. It's not like he's tried a bunch of times, but he thinks he should be able to succeed. He's frustrated with himself. Yeah, we've been we've learned that it's not just a thing that you just learn how to do. Like there's different levels to it. There's yep. you know it depends on the animal sometimes. Maybe there was some dude already living a second life inside of that eagle that kicked him out and wouldn't let him in. Yeah. If it was Orel or not, but eagles are kind of viewed as kind of more stoic, intelligent creatures and stuff, and so that mm. may have made it more difficult. Um, Maybe he just wanted it too much. Like, maybe it's one of those things where you got to kind of relax and lean into it. Like, for the others, it's it happens in dreams, right? So and when Bran first starts, he slips into summer so easily because he's asleep and he's not trying to jump it. And he eventually learns how to yeah. how to make that leap himself. But maybe it's something he's got to, like, you know, relax and open yourself to the force or whatever. Not to keep making Star Wars jokes, but it's the easiest comparison. Oh, yeah. no, I Luke, like that. you put away your targeting computer. No, no, it's cool. I got this, dude. We're Poggers. And yeah. like, hockey fuck. term, we call that gripping the stick too tight. That's yeah. not a hockey term. Oh, but it is. 
wink wonk. Get right on. But it is. Yeah. What else you guys got for this section? Anything else? Um, I like kind of the uh, setup, for what this chapter kind of tells us in the big picture about the North. Because for the first time since Winterfell fell, and Winterfell is in ruins, we think that the North is in ruins, and that the Stark, any Stark loyalty perhaps is just gone. It's just not there anymore. All the Stark loyalists are down south and everything. But Gurm is giving us this insight into this whole other group of people that we've barely even heard about until now, up north, in this little, um, quote-unquote little, who are loyal to Ned Stark and who are loyal to the Stark family and who appreciate what the Stark family has done for them over the centuries. And uh, it's this kind of nice little setup where Gurm's going, you think everything's bad, but you know what? It's There's still some hope. I just imagine Leia, Rogue One, mm. hope, right? Mm. And it kind of validates the legend and the legacy of House Stark in a way. Um, loyalty to them is more than just political. There's true respect uh, and admiration born from these generations of protection. Um, it reminded me of the uh, wool in A Dance with Dragons. And he gives that great speech about how he wants to die with the blood of his enemies on his mouth, in his mouth and the axe in the head. And he said, I would sooner my men die fighting for the Ned's little girl than alone and hungry in the snow. Right? They're these whole other group of people that are just waiting to help the Starks. And I like but that not, insight that we get in this chapter. But not help them too much. Not help them right. walk to the wall. Not wall. like hands-on. Actually, <laughs> like, give them fire just, and Pop-Tarts and give Summer a little break. Like, here's, I got a little cash on me. You can take this. I never saw you. Okay, peace out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and that's no, interesting I'm... because then we get in this next section, we get this, we get more reasons as to why people stay loyal to the Starks. We get a Indeed. whole other story that brings that to us from Hal and Reed's point of view. Sorry, yes. I interrupted you. No, I, I was just going to agree with you. I, I, I agree that uh, this is this is a change of venue. I mean, we, we did get John and Tyrion on their way to the Wall, uh, but this is a very different place for Bran and Mira and Jojen to be, uh, just geographically. And yeah, it's it's a whole different type of land and also a whole different type of people. Uh, mm -hmm. But people no less loyal to the Starks. And oh yeah, just kind of forgotten about as part of this war effort, but still kicking around. And uh, yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, and then the very next chapter, the next chapter is the Davos, the North Remembers chapter, right? And this one, this chapter tells us a little bit of what the North remembers and why they remember it. We asked that question in our episode with Chase of what is it that the North remembers, you know? It's partly this. It's the safety that they experienced when there was a Stark in Winterfell, the security that they experienced when there was a Stark in Winterfell. So this chapter kind of um, enriches that the North remembers statement a little bit, showing us why. Um, Stephen Atwell calls it the social contract with the Starks and why that still remains in force, even though there's not a Stark in Winterfell. Um, super fascinating. Were you checking to see if it really was the Davos next chapter? You it, were, were you? It is. Davos is the next chapter, but it's not, it's, it's a different Davos in jail scene. Uh, oh, it's the scene. one before that. 
It's okay. the one where he's in the jail cell under Dragonstone. Homie spends a lot of time that. in jail. He I does. That. He yep. does. Um. Anyway, t- but your point is is no less no less valid. Anyway. Um. There's a little bit right right before they dive into the story about about the power of stories and remembering remembering mm. your the people that tell you the stories and they'll always be a part of you and that it's it's a nice a nice little message something i try to focus on with my boys for sure just we, we tell a lot of stories and i figure they'll they'll remember me if they can remember those stories right it's a nice a nice message but it also made me think about and it's brought up a little bit later in this chapter that bran had this great storyteller in the in the castle through uh old man but you don't get you don't hear about ned or cat doing any storytelling with them and we do we always kind of say that that they're good parents the more i'm reading the more i'm wondering if they're a little bit more hands-off than i imagined it's maybe with the like the lessons like the big stuff but all of the filler episodes in between where you really get the meat I mean, it's the the meat and potatoes of real life, yeah. but here's how you do accounting you get from dad. And uh, <laughs> here's how you chop off traders' heads. You here's how dad. you chop off and make sure you don't flinch. That's true. Re- real men don't look away or whatever. Yeah. And uh, um, not going to ever talk directly to my wife. And then cats, <laughs> like, I mean, she's, she's an all right mom to her kids. I think, but probably also a little hands-off. I mean, I get it because especially right now, right? We're all kind of experiencing this with kids doing school from home. I am not a teacher. There's shit I'm good at with my kids and it's mostly Mm -hmm. the storytelling. So I kind of got the opposite. We all have our niche, right? Yeah. Like mine's hugs and let me feed you. Oh, you don't like me? Okay. I'll tell you a story instead. And so, you know, I'll give them some bullshit for a little bit and everybody feels nourished and whatever and i finally let them out of the car and they actually get to go have fun and but i can't teach them math so i don't i I don't i I don't know i think we all have our thing but i'm not gonna really judge them by this but yeah nan's their storyteller no nan's their nan and lewin are their two world builders yeah Mm, world builders i like that yeah i was just thinking about my dad now and my dad's my hero. He's the greatest guy that I know in the whole world. I don't remember him ever sitting down and reading books with me or anything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Or like tender type moments. Not that he shied away from it and not that he was like cold hearted or anything. That just wasn't his thing. His thing was, let's go out and build you a jungle gym in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And you can help me build the jungle gym that you're going to play on. And yeah. let I'm going to be your hockey coach and we're going to drive an hour to hockey practice, uh, you know, twice a week. So I suppose the lesson we need to take then is focus on what you're good at, whatever those things are. And those are the things your kids will remember. Play your strengths. It's a good lesson. All right. Thanks for teaching me that guys. And your strength is your stories. Right. But I was judging them harshly for not being good at that when they were good at other things. So I should just... Right. We just don't have any evidence of what they were good at. Yeah. Like, I know they loved their kids. Yeah. I have not seen them actually, like, Ned consistently misreads the room except for the Serial Pharrell bit. 
And yeah. like that's the only time he really has any insight to his yeah. like, yeah, here you go. Like I remember some years back, I'll I'll pick on my husband for a second. Kid two was like eight or nine, and John got her a Tinkerbell like baby doll. And it was like exactly the same moment. She's like, ah. Well, yeah, I was really into Tinkerbell when I was in fourth. When I was four. Cool. At least it's head moves and swimming. Nostalgia. That's cool. You got Jay, the USS Enterprise. Fucking sweet. All right, cool. And I'm then definitely she not down the van window and threw, threw it. it. Threw that shit. <laughs> Beat her brother with fucking Enterprise. Red alert. He's just read it wrong. I mean, some yeah. of us are good at things. And like, there's kids you can relate to. You don't have to have a really great bond with each of your kids. I just don't know how close he was to Rob. We never see them in the same room, really, other than at dinner one time. And they don't really interact right then. We don't really ever get the opportunity. I never really understood why he took any of the kids with him other than Sansa. And that was because she was betrothed. But, like, it was almost like there was an unspoken hostage situation. Like, here, I'm going to voluntarily bring my kids to this place where things definitely always go well. And (laughs) it, it... because I've read a history book, Lewin. Yeah. Meanwhile, like Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. You... I, I mean, I think I think we know. I think we know Rob the, the, with the way he talks about him. I think we know they had a good relationship, and that he taught him a lot of things. He just he just speaks about him so 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 in such high regard. He even says things like "father would never do that," you know, like "father would," right. you know. Yeah, so I, think I guess they that's had true. A relationship, but. I think You're he right, put it all into it. his oldest. Yeah. You know? We I think he and that too, right? That's yeah. what you do. The others are marriage Extra. alliance fodder and stuff like that. Right. And Sad veggies for the say. wall. Here or you go. The, yeah, the spare that you keep in the back pocket unless in case, you know, oldest gets malaria or something. Wait, this isn't pioneers. I don't know. But gets they get the shivers. Just or... real replace malaria with shivers and he got it. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Brand likes the shivers. Yeah, it's true. That's true. He needs to pick up a history book. All right, let's move on. Uh, Getting to know Katrina section two. Here we go. Mm, What? Go ahead. Well, Katrina, tell us about how you came to Ice and Fire. What is your story of A Song of Ice and Fire? How did you find it? (laughs) It was on the back of Jonathan's toilet. Um, Of course it was. (laughs) Of course it was. (laughs) John had his own bathroom in his house at the time. And uh, because... I mean, you isolate, right? Um, I had to quarantine that shit. And so I was using his bathroom because, okay, you know, like, I'm not going to use the fancy bathroom. So I went into his bathroom and he had Game of Thrones on the back of the toilet. I'm like, all right, you know, I got a minute. Nobody else is awake. Um, John's at work. I was telling Scott about this the other night. My brothers never take time off when I've, like, told them, hey, in six months... I'm going to drive 15 hours and hang at your house for a week. Okay, that's cool. I'll punch you in. And then like, cool. It's so great to see you. I got to get to bed. Yeah, I got work in the morning. You, you didn't even fucking take time off. Like, what? That you're like, okay, well, he made coffee before he left. That was cool. That's nice. So, so I had some time to myself. It was rainy out, whatever. So I started and I got through like the first two chapters um, before the kids got up or whatever. Life took off. And... I'm like that's pretty cool so you get through um what's his name 
getting got by some the, whites. Yeah, by the others. Yep. Yeah. And then whatever happened in the first chapter after that. It's the it's the beheading scene. That's the beheading with, yeah. where right. they find the wolves. Yeah. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And whatever, and went about my vacation, and then came home, and my kids went to Alabama to stay with their grandparents for two or three weeks, something like that. Nice. And uh, yeah, it was kind of. It kind of was. And so I was like, I'll go get that book. So I ran to the library or ran to the bookstore and picked up that book. I probably picked up like the first two or three. Um, mm. No, because the first thing I did was Wikipedia all that shit. <laughs> oh, no. So because I don't read anything without Wikipedia it, reading the last page oh. and looking at anywhere or any other content available online. At the time, the the show had already been out for two seasons, so I was able to see some crack vids, and I was like, there's something going on between this goatee guy and the redheaded girl. I don't know what's up with that. And (laughs) that was bad, you know. Get a job. Get a job. Shout out. You know. And so, okay. And now my policy typically is I'll read the last page of a book, because I hate knowing that there's something I don't know. And I will keep reading that book if, because it doesn't necessarily ruin the story for me. Most of the time I can predict what's going to happen. But you get to the end of any book in this series and you're like, oh shit, you know, cool. I wonder how we're going to get there. And by the time you get there, you're like, holy fuck, I forgot that was going to happen. Like <laughs> you were still surprised by it because it's so immersive. Like I read John getting stabbed. I read it on Wikipedia. I read it on the pages. I was like, and only the cold or whatever. And I'm like, oh, man, okay. Whiny bitch finally gets his. And you get through the book and you're like, the fuck? Who the fuck am I rooting for here? So I crashed. I'm like, cool. All right. That sounds fun. I'm interested to see what happens to this Jamie guy. It was really kind of Jamie who drew me in. And uh, because I liked his story with Brienne. He pushes, pushes a fucking kid out a window and then has this great romance. I don't know what's going on there. And just in synopsis, you know, I'm like... He's a person. <laughs> he's a, turns out he's a guy. George it's writes weird. people. That's it's nuts. Mm-hmm. So, like, I took two or three days, and it was over the course of maybe a week, and read through everything but dance. And uh, wow. just just didn't sleep. I, I went to flew. work. <laughs> I read, like, the world's about to end, and it's going to be the last chance I ever have to read. Uh, I was telling <laughs> Scott, like, my Jonathan reads, like, there's a test at the end, and if he doesn't pass... He's they're they're gonna cut off a part of him and feed it to his children in front of him. It's pretty and pretty dire. So he studies. I understand. He yeah. reads everything. He commits it. He immerses himself. Digests. I don't know if he takes notes and highlighters. If he's got a special binder he uses, or like this is my holy. I have, I don't know what his little ritual is, but he completely absorbs all of the information. And I'm like, fuck it. I gotta find out what happens. I hate not knowing shit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just pew. And uh, maybe that's just how I learned to read, like getting through Tolkien or whatever. Is all right. You got to learn how to skim some shit to get through Tolkien a little. I, I mean, I feel like I feel like a lot of people are that way, especially the, especially yeah. if they really like something and they're right. the first time they're like, I gotta get, I got more, yeah. more. I gotta and find out what happens. When I get into a book, any book, I cannot rest until I get to the end of that book, and then I'm mad at myself that I had like five of them you know so yummy and so i just lived on that forgot to eat for a couple of days i had a really bad headache but i just blasted through them and it was great and i'd forgotten most of the shit i read i was so mad you know and then i had to i was like john have you read that book and he's like no what 
Should I? It's a fucking yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Do I have to do everything first? I'm the like, book, the book on his toilet. He hadn't read the it. The book on his toilet is just. Mm, it was just there. It was behind him, so he didn't really give yeah. it much thought. You know, you he probably sits down to pee, so I don't think he'd ever looked at it. I shook the dust off and the little splatter or whatever. <laughs> we're good. And a couple of chorizo breakfasts later, where I can finally get the spine to crack a little bit. And um, no, so I waited. Like it took John, God, six months, a year to catch up. Probably Jones. not a whole year, but oh, I was ready to kill people. Like I'm not a phone person, so I'm not going to call you much. And with John, it's hard to have your phone occupied when you talk to him on the phone because you got to Google shit. Like, he'll be like, oh, that sounds oh. like Bruce Miller from... It's, it's totally... This is true. You know, yeah, and you're true. like, who the fuck is Bruce Miller? Hang on. You're like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and what I find The amount of time just... he's, he's either written something or talking to me on the few times that that's happened, mm-hmm. and I just nod like I understand is yep. pretty... It happens a reasonable amount. And you know that he knows too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he you does. know that he knows. He does. It's but... and it burns me. He's the smartest <laughs> of us, and it kills me a little bit. But so I just leaned into the nice shtick. Like, okay, fine. I'll just. Be... So there are worse things to lean into. Right. Right. But like, tell me. He finally got to whatever book it is, and I'm like, oh, this one. And I'm like, tell me when you get to the wedding. And then I forgot. There's more than one wedding in this fucking book. Oh yeah. And so he gets to the red. Ah, uh, yeah, he gets to the red wedding. Holy shit! You know, blah blah blah. Like called me right away. I read the wedding, and I'm like, all right, that wasn't the one I met. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? There's a. That's not the one you meant. I'm like, well, I forgot about that one. What? And I'm like, well, you know. And so he calls me back like a month later whatever when he gets through his exams and oh, i got to the other wedding holy fuck you know and uh yeah so it was just kind of something we shared and i would have left it at that like if it wasn't for the fandom online which john dragged me into because i was i'd never really done online fandom shit before i don't really care about other people's yeah. opinions never mm-hmm. really thought about theories that didn't i'm a bright face value reader like oh that was fun i don't know who we're supposed to root for because they're all dead but peace out and john's like you got to check out this guy and it was probably pq's blog like he sent me a couple yeah. of blogs and i'd be like yeah it's sure. fine cool that's time traveling fetus eh me you know <laughs> and, then, and then i wound up on P- he wrote this chapter about davos and talking about the walk through he must have been in old town um some coastal city you know and how sam sam going through old town maybe no because it was a davos chapter for sure for sure oh but um, he was in... when he's in um uh white harbor probably oh white harbor that's what i meant yeah. white harbor yeah okay. he's in white harbor walking around the town and the smells and all that and pq right. talked about how much that meant to him because he also grew up near the coast and i can kind of get that i grew up fresh freshwater coast but still very similar culture there and mm-hmm. like i could totally understand that and so i was like all right he wasn't on Twitter yet, but I followed John on Twitter because Facebook blows. And and I think my other brother followed you guys at the time, too. And really? it was probably a song of, or a <laughs> March of Madness or whatever. March. Mm-hmm. Song of song Madness. Madness. Song of Coming Madness. Coming soon. Yeah. Yeah. Coming soon. Dis- discuss- discussions have already started. <laughs> it's we've a wholesome a, good time. We've got a, we got a crackerjack idea. we got to see if it's going to work out. 
I think really Virginie had the best idea about how to rate this. I think it was her. She said, um, or somebody did, that they're going to rate based on who's more likely to wear a mask. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I can probably list on one hand the characters are going to fuck with that. In the Song of Ice Fire. All, it's not, not many. There's probably like four people. Littlefinger Brienne. will wear a mask yeah. because he's probably a germaphobe. Yeah. And then, which will be annoying. Like I bet, the, I bet Tyrion would. Tyrion would. He's sensible. Uh, he's a mess, but sensible. Um, Sansa would because she does what she's told. Um, well, let's let's not let's not spoil whoever's criteria this was. They're gonna have to have that matchup at some point. <laughs> Wait, good luck, guys. I think it was brilliant. <laughs> so shout out to whoever that was. I was like, that's perfect. I don't usually put criteria. It's all just knee jerk at the time. For sure. Yep, me too. Everyone's got their own ways. So, so you engaged in the fandom after having read all the books. Yeah. After John had read all the books. Yeah. And he dragged you into it. You found yeah. PQ. What a great yeah. place to start. Lucky hey, you. it was fun. I mean, I I didn't dive that hard, but um, whatever John would send me, I'd read because I yeah. I'm a good little girl, and uh, but he was a good writer, so I was like, right on. And BB Fish was there, whatever, and he made fun of me one day, and I almost quit. And uh, <laughs> I know <laughs> I was just I opened myself up for one, and he was like, <laughs> I got dragged, and yeah. he was right, and I'm like, fuck, I I shouldn't be allowed online. I'm gonna leave, <laughs> and that just pouted for a few days. Probably rage deleted some tweets or something. I got over it. Well, I am super glad you stuck around. Uh, yeah, it's fun. I don't even, I don't even remember. People. I don't even remember when when you started engaging with us. But I, I mean, the first thing I really remember is you had some long thread that you wrote. That was about, about Cersei. I think it was Cersei. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that was that was really good. I think I like whatever retweeted it and stuff. But and you were very upfront with us. I remember you're like you were like, listen, I don't listen to podcasts, so I've never really listened to you guys. But yeah. I think you're fun to talk to here on Twitter. And so, right. and you yeah. were really cool with us. And that made it one of the greatest compliments I think of our podcasting career. When Katrina was like, I listened to Davos Fingers today. It's yeah, true. <laughs> and i have like i didn't start out i'm really bad at it right so i started off with like i'd listen to the first 10 minutes and like the end 10 minutes because i've read the books i don't need you to read them to me but i love listening to you guys shooting the shit it's the best part of every episode like i know what happens to brian it's fine nobody needs my take on night of the laughing tree (laughs) but they're about to get it anyway you're about to get it anyway it's gonna be super deep (laughs) and uh but but you know, it was a lot of fun. And then it was like having company. It was, I'm the third okay. kid, right? And so I'm accustomed to sitting near men talking. And <laughs> and like, that's my, I'm audience. It's just, that's third kid thing. Uh-huh. And um, so I'd had you guys in and, I'd, and it eventually became, I'd forget to hit that skip 15, you know, or skip no. 20 or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, cool. you'd just be going and I'd like zone in and out as I'm working and right. I realized, well, and you guys have kept my company all afternoon. And then through this year, especially, there were a lot mm. of long silences. So it became more of a, you know what? This is a part of my life that brings value. So I need to have it. I, I need it a little sooner than Monday. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means a lot. Thank you. That's that's definitely the, 
kind of the thing that we've leaned into over the years of we want to just be that the friends com- for people. conversational yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah sit by the fire we don't need to we don't need to blow minds with our takes on the little being blood raven we <laughs> yeah. but still that's good to hear but though will. because sometimes i still worry and i've talked to scat about this before like are do we spend too much time just shooting the breeze on our intros do we need to like just get to the stuff faster and no it's at least i'm like i'm like i'm like maybe we're gonna do it anyway yeah Yeah. (laughs) even if we're like yeah we should be shorter on those then we're in the next episode 20 minutes like it's it's not a business meeting there's enough in life that is so damn structured and listening to people our, our agenda for today is this and here's a sub bullet point of that and who's going to take notes i'm like that's my whole life i don't want it i want to hear a little fast and casual you yeah. know and it's it's nice it's like having friends <laughs> yes yeah. we, we don't have friends either so yep. no <laughs> so it, it was super <laughs> it was it was super awkward when i met scat at ice and fire con a couple of years ago and, and like there was some, I mean, on top of all the other ways I made that awkward. Like, oh, you're not the wedge guy? You know, like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm like, well, screw you. I'm the Sorry, other one. it's the other guy. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's right. I'm not wedge guy. Oh, I'm John's <laughs> sister. Nice to meet you. We both, <laughs> both known best through We're someone both else. living in shadows. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, skin from I, living in shadows. I remember it was kind of a surprise, wasn't it? A surprise when you came up, like you weren't planning on it, or it was like a last minute thing or something, wasn't it? No, I was going to come up Thursday, and oh, I wound okay. up, or Friday. I was going to come up Friday, and I decided I needed to meet the wolf, so I drove overnight. Oh yes, so yeah. that I could be there in time for the wolf, because the wolf puppy was going to be there Sunday, and I was going to have to leave oh. really early Sunday. I see. So I knew I wasn't going to see him then, but I wanted to see him Friday. And he didn't want anything to do with me. So it was really, <laughs> well, it was heartbreaking. Her, her... Licking everybody else's faces. And he was like, oh, someone take her for a walk. What is she doing here? <laughs> she seems a little tightly wound. And I was like, I had driven for 12 hours. I was vibrating, you know, it was, it was probably not a smart choice. Dog wouldn't lick my face. And I was sad. Well, oh, that's a win for me. I came to fucking Ohio and the dog wouldn't even look at me. <laughs> lick my face. I just wanted him to lick my sweat. I promise it's tasty. I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> well, uh, well, me neither. I'm glad you're around. I went took a nap. I'm, I'm a in part a... of our little Kalisar now. This I'm gonna, awesome. I'm gonna totally just flip, flip the direction around. And I'm going to okay. ask you about something completely unrelated. Okay. I have heard tales. Tales of faces in the water. Of black riders on black horses. Of rings of power. Oh, man. Of a podcast about these things. Are there... Is anything going on with this? Is this a thing? Or is it still something you guys are thinking about? Or what? It's it's a thing pending. All so right. a thing in the works. We're not quite ready yet to make big announcements or really even offer a solid timeline for people. So I don't want to get anybody too excited, but um, four of us, uh, it's John uh, at Dop John. You guys know him. I mean, come on. He's not you know, quite a reply guy. If you um, don't, then you 
if you didn't you before, you do now. <laughs> if you know who I am, you know, you're only following me because you followed him. <laughs> and <laughs> let's, let's be real here. So if you're tuning in for this episode, you already know John. And then Gene Blanchard, he, everybody knows him. Gene, make sure. And uh, <laughs> and then Tony Pelliccio. My uh, husband, seven someday, probably. My future <laughs> ex-husband. Yeah. Not if I of, get to him first. Like, you know what? That's okay. You got some time. I'm gonna marry John a couple more times. Husband, not brother. Let me be yes. clear. <laughs> There's a, that one I got. Hey, good job. Unfortunate coincidence. My husband is named John with an H. My brother is John from Michigan. So like it's all through the notes, John. And uh, but it uh, gets confusing. I'm not married to my brother. So I will be listening to that podcast when it comes out for sure. Yeah. I am ex- I'm excited for it. But for I will hold moment, you to a date. For the moment, it's at least loosely called Frodo's Fingers. Kind of an honorific to you guys. We'll yes. see if we might open it up for some discussion with the following at some point. Um, That's fair. But that Gene right fair. now is mostly running the account. Be sure to look for that and interact with him. He's got great discussion points. These guys know their stuff. I really don't. I'm just there to be cute. You know, like I read the books before John and that's the only honor I get. <laughs> well, know. you you nailed his descriptions of leaves and stuff yeah. well <laughs> earlier in the episode. So, All right. One, one more question. Uh, pick a side, Tyrell or Martell? Oh, Martell. Martell, Martell all right. the way. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like it's probably an easy question. Shouldn't ask that one anymore. No, though, because I just I, love Willis. So I know much. that's yeah. I I didn't realize this podcast was gonna be was gonna become us as Tyrell fanboys, but the, I mean we're kind of there. I just we we kind of like the reach around. I love to reach around Willis. That's okay. All right, let's move on. <laughs> let's dive into the story of the Night of the Laughing Tree. Okay. Where to start? Hmm. Uh, well, first of all, is there any question that this is Liana? I mean, <laughs> can we just get that out of the way right now? So the first time we recorded this chapter, mm-hmm. I made a fight about it. I, f- I feel like, I don't remember my exact thoughts, but I feel like I was trying to put up a fight in order to not like spoil too much. Yeah, you were more, I listened to that too. You were more worried about uh, we weren't in Davos after dark yet. Right, right. And you're like, that is the law according to the rules. We need to be <laughs> in Davos yeah. after dark before we talk about the identity of the Night of the Laughing Tree. Yeah, but you I mean. You were it, right. You were but, actually right. Oh, I don't know. But it's but, never confirmed in canon, so it's not necessarily a spoiler. It's an assessment. Sure. Yeah, sure. yeah, it's true. But it's pretty much Lyanna. I mean, it, yeah. it could be Howland, I guess. The other candidates are pretty flawed. Honestly, the more I read it and the, the more I kind of got, Matt, you'll, your jaw will drop, the more I got into the religion component of this, uh, I started thinking the second most likely candidate to Lyanna is some sort of magic shit from the gods, right? Mm-hmm. Like answering his answering his, his call, prayer. and, it's, and yeah. it's nobody that we know. It's just a... It's cold figment. hands or warm hands or whatever. Right, it's warm hands. Warm hands Jesus. McGraw. Yeah, the little... With his pine cone. Did anyone see a pine cone brooch? <laughs> it was a tree but, on it. I don't know how they know. It was just 
But I, I, think La, I think La, Lyanna is the obvious candidate. The, yeah. the one that makes the most sense. The, do you the think only thing Mira that says... And, go ahead, sorry. Do you think Mira and Jojen, when they first heard this story, presumably from Dad, do you think they thought it was Dad when they first heard it? Or do they? do you think they were like... Do you think they picked up on, oh, no, Dad didn't do this? Yeah, like, are they wink-winking? Like, a right. certain Kranigman, wink-wink. Right. They might They might still think it's him. I mean, Bran even says in the chapter, he says, I told you, it was the Kranigman. He says it, like, two or three times where he's saying right. that this is the Kranigman, and they don't correct him. Not that they would, necessarily, but they might actually believe that. It's just but, us hearing the story we know. I think Katrina's asking, though, do they know that it's Howland, that that was their dad? Oh, no. What I'm asking is, do they think their dad was the Knight of the Laughing Tree? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think they get that their dad was. That it was him. Yeah. They know their timelines. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Howland walked a long damn way with a boat on top of his head. Yeah. Do you got some uh, Sock and Seuss Mappas? No, I didn't go. I didn't go all out with getting the getting the maps and mileage. I don't think. Mm. Um, oh no, I did. The portages are uh, difficult, wa- man. Walking from Trident to God's Eye is probably about two weeks, with the boat on his head. Do you think he could put it on his head the whole way, or do you think he's like grabbed the bow line <laughs> drag and dragged it a, a bit? Yeah, I'm thinking drag. Yeah. I mean, I I've know. tried to. I have a kayak, and I don't carry that. It's, that thing's fucking heavy. My dad, so we had this like 17 or 18 foot aluminum canoe growing up. Huge ass canoe. We'd put all of four of us kids in there and everything. It, this thing's fucking heavy. It's metal. And he would, there was a part of the river we'd have to portage. And he'd just pop that thing up on his big Viking soldiers or shoulders and walk through pine forest to the other mm-hmm. part of the woods. Nice. And plop it back down in the river. And it, I can't picture little Kranikman carrying that thing on his head. Unless it's, it was just a little simple skiff type. Yeah. It's a skin boat, which I didn't know what that was. I had to look it up, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's what you think it is. It's a, like a a very small frame and covered yeah. in animal, animal skin skins. of some kind. I guess that would be. I mean, pretty lightweight. Yeah. You use birch or whatever; it wouldn't be too bad. But yeah. I mean, what kind of trees? He, what, I wonder what the lumber it is that he used. I mean, those trees in the swamp are pretty saturated. I'm not sure it's going to be. Like, you don't make a boat out of cedar. (laughs) I I, I honestly... like, I only have one qualm with this whole... (laughs) Hang on. Craftsmanship of this fucking boat really concerns me. There were were other parts in this book... I just have some questions. I just have some questions. There were parts of the book where I was reading, like, Davos talking about boats, and then when Jamie and Brienne are going down the river, and I'm Uh like, George has the right vocabulary. But I don't think the man's ever been on a sailboat. It, like, because they they are on a sailboat. It's described as a sailboat going down this river, and he describes it as a triangle sail. But the way they're sailing it is not how that shit works. Oh, and never it, read it these just books again. <laughs> and it bothered me for a minute. Like learning how to sail this year. That's how we've spent our quarantine. It, like yeah. learning how to sail this year. Man, I watch movies and I just get mad. Yeah. Like I get mad. Like the scene in Game of Thrones. I know you guys don't talk about the show much, but there's a scene where like the Greyjoy fleet and the Targaryens are all sailing to Westeros. Yeah. And... If you're going to talk bad about Game of Thrones, go right ahead. Yeah. Con- well, continue. It's, Carry on. it's a mixed fleet of 
big squared sail, old school schooner yeah. type masts, and then typical sailboats with the triangle sails. So you get your your jib or your Genoa and your mainsail, that kind of combination. And those are usually used for upwind sailing. And um, now they're downwinding, you can tell, because the other boats are going downwind. But if they're sailing... So Essos is on the east side, Mustros is on the west side. So they're going downwind from the east to the west. Means the wind blows prevailing to the west, which indicates the planet rotates the opposite direction, which means it's not that big Wonderful. a fucking deal for the sun to set in the west or the east instead of the west or whatever. Because it's and like, really opposite. Because oh it's the opposite. Gosh. Mind but blowing. obviously that's not in the books. It's just stupid television. And I was like, I had to have a minute. Like, ugh. And, like, sailing just pisses me off sometimes. Like, there are so many phrases and shit that I have learned, like, you're three sheets to the wind. It means you've completely let go of all of the ropes holding onto the boat, and you're just letting the sails flog and fuck it. Because I've, mm -hmm. I I can't have control anymore. Which is a, a technique, I guess. But... I'm like, all right. And then I'd say, I'd say something else and it would be another sailing metaphor. And I would say like, ah, oh, to the bitter end, the bitter end is the end of the rope of oh. like the way they seal it off. And mm -hmm. I'm so mad. Every once in a while, another one will pop up and I'll be like, God damn it. Everything's nautical. And I, lo I love it. But like, oh, it has been fun to follow your sailing journeys on Twitter. It's, it's kind of wild. <laughs> it has been fun. But, wow. Okay. Is, I did not expect to discuss that. I, no. Yeah, so I, little raft, he carried it on his head a ways. Right. Because he's special. He's a, he's an extra special Cajun. <laughs> I I wrote two weeks, but it does. I looked at the map again. It seems like that would be too long. But again, he would go slower with it on his head. Anyway, it was a while. He's carrying that thing around. Trident. If to it Kaza. was downhill, he could hop in the boat and like ride down oh, yeah. on the boat. Like, you know what? Sled. If it if it was Damn a right. skin boat, I wonder if it was somewhat collapsible. Like he could just take apart the frame. Maybe. I think it says in the text he put it on his head. It does, it does. but it's a it story. <laughs> <Okay>. Right. Fast <laughs> forward. Listen, don't get me with your storytelling Fine. details. And of course, when dad's telling his own kids the story, it's going to be I carried like, that boat It was a 17-foot canoe made it of metal. It was snowing. <laughs> you kids don't know pain. <laughs> I left my house two fucking times. Every last foot, it was on my head. Does it bother you guys that Bran doesn't ask more questions about the really interesting stuff and yeah. asks the dumb questions? But like she talks about mud breathing and he never just asks like, Everybody, what is mud breathing? They say it all the Tell time. Me. He's, he's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Frog. Yeah, Come on. Breeze mud. And yeah. yeah. Right. It's like, oh, the stereotypes change, are true. Change earth to water, run on leaves. Like, please ask those follow up questions. Right. Yeah. What are the are magics of like, your people? I wonder if those are just like practical interpretation. Like running on leaves is like some form of water skiing. Breathing mud is just like snorkeling. Right. He's like, like yeah, yeah, I've got a straw too. <laughs> Save the turtles. <laughs> Making castles appear and disappear means their boat their castles are on like these floating things that but can then, like be why moved. would they be calling it magic? For the clout, 
I don't know. I man. can't believe you're the one arguing for the magic stuff, and I'm the one like, you know what? <laughs> I just well, all right. I I don't think it is magic, but I think it's I think it's tricks tricks sure. of the people that they've learned yeah, stuff that they've right? learned. There's but I still want to. Like but I still want to know what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd love to know more. I don't have a guess. I mean, there's yeah. so in Egypt they had still do these river boats. Um, the skin people boats? just they weren't skin boats. <laughs> but, no, they weren't made out of cedar. God damn it! And but they, <laughs> I don't think they have cedar in Egypt anyway. Um, you just live on them. Like it's a, a lot of them oh, are yeah. their summer residents or whatever, and you can just tour up and down, you know, and like the green blood, the Dornish. Yeah, yeah, right. And and so maybe it's like that, and maybe the water's so thick with algae that you can't tell where the boat's gone maybe it's just i I don't know i i really don't have a guess uh heartful head empty man i didn't think too hard about it i went oh i'd really love to know anyway (laughs) my main point was just like why doesn't bran ask these questions it seems like a curious boy would ask this this is the one i want to know bran that's all i'm saying right an eight-year-old boy yeah yeah here's a hint at him going to the isle of faces that you're never going to talk about like He went and, oh, he had some adventures. We'll tell you that story a different time. There's yeah. a bunch of bodies in the water. Oh, uh, that's a different story. Like, yeah, you think we'll ever get that story? God, I hope man. so. I... That'd be a great, at least, like, short story side shoot. You know? I just, I, I came away from this chapter and this story very curious about the green men. Because, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I, I think I've always just kind of written them off as just, like, children adjacent. And there's just, like, a few of them. And, like, they don't really do anything. But now yeah. I'm like, maybe they are kind of like magical and like maybe it's a thing. Well, there's a lot of yeah, green men it's... in mythology, you know, in our own world. But so is it like that? Is it like those green men where they're, you know, antlered or have leaves and shit in their hair or whatever? And or is it literally they're just green, or, or are they just Ooh, smelly? You you know, there's there's a lot to explore there, but. There's been talk of the green men being like a, they came from a, a coupling of first men and children of the forest. Yeah. Right. And if so, you've got Kranigmen that are a smaller people and everything. You wonder if they could be descendants of green men, which mm-hmm. would right. explain green dreams and the green sight being yeah. prevalent among, among the Kranigmen, um, which as I was going down some of my own rabbit holes this episode i read about how a old stark rickard stark not ned's dad back when he defeated the marsh king he married a Cranig woman <laughs> and that could explain how green sight entered mm. into the stark family lines mm-hmm. and became something that bran could eventually kind of inherit Interesting. so the starks were smart man they it's like yeah. they intermarried with everybody. Just the right amount could, of people. Or lucky. Just the right amount. to like, I mean, And also to consolidate like even magical powers, right? Like right. We married the Kranig people so that we can maybe get this into our bloodline, you know? In addition to their land and their um, fealty and everything. So. Or maybe it's another Took one them long those... enough. Sorry, go ahead. Another one of those hand of destiny things where the mm, Starks sure. keep getting placed in these positions to do so. To ultimately bring about 
Bran and whatever. Bran they also or had, John. They also had 8,000 years to get it right. Like, Fuck. Right. This is not even the first go round. <laughs> like, fucked it up the first time. Whoever yeah. this Azor guy is. I don't know. Yeah. Took him long enough to marry with the Targaryens, though. Yeah, Seems honestly, like I don't blame him for it. skipping out of that. A little dicey. <laughs> no, I just mean from the accumulating magical prowess. Uh, yeah, it's true. I get true. it. Side effects. But can you... Yeah. I, th- I think, like, these guys up in the gray country, I know what my skin is like. I go to... <laughs> I get, can get sunburnt through a window. So these dudes spend time... Brand- <laughs> Brandon and Rickard didn't get burned to death. There was a window open. <laughs> and they just... Eris is misunderstood. <laughs> fucking August. hot out. It's August in King's Landing. <laughs> it was just—I don't know what happened. Can't you lit on fire. And then yeah, because just Rickard just got heat stroke and got heat stroke. Told a great story. God, well that's embarrassing. Our Lord died of heat stroke. Well, um, let's just tell him he—he he burst. Let's just tell him he got on and. This is uh, yeah. I mean, if I were the Maesters, I love the idea of the Maesters just totally fucking around with all the, like, pulling the strings in the background. Because uh, if I had the privilege to be a Maester, I mean, I would be denied that privilege. But if I could, oh, man, I'd be writing whatever fucking version of history I wanted. Oh, yeah, there were dragons. You, you want to hear about dragons? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about this three-headed dragon. You can't. No. That was all bullshit. There were never any dragons. They were mm-hmm. rabbits. It was a large wooden rabbit. I am I am rabbit. very nervous about about the Maesters having too big a hand in all of this. It would be yeah. it wouldn't ruin the story for me, but it would like if it comes out in the end and it's like, oh yeah, the Maesters were driving the whole thing, I'll be like, really? Come on. I think they're involved, but not for the good that they think they are. Yeah. You know, I mean it looks to me like they think they're doing the right thing, but ultimately it's damaging people. It, it kind of reminds me a lot of what's going on today, where there are people who believe things that, first of all, aren't true, but they think they are. They really do deep down believe they are righteous and that they're, you know, oh, let's say running into buildings they're not supposed to be in hypothetically and but they some of them at least most of them just think it's funny but some of them at least really do think they're operating as directed by their god and i i I think that particular perspective is lunacy but i think it's Mm -hmm. not their fault i think they've been led astray and so there's an ounce of innocence there because they just wholeheartedly believe in their cause. And but the, but the maesters aren't really sharing their cause. No, they're not. It's, it's it's more like they're operating amongst themselves. Right, sort of like Keanu. and operating in plain sight for this surface, right? Like they've got the laundromat, yeah, right, business. But in the background, they're doing all this other stuff. Everyone sees the laundromat, but they don't see everything else. Right, the right? L- like the little dudes that are in the dryer turning the wheel. Can never see them. I've tried so many times. Just, I can hear them. I can hear their little claws. It sounds like change in that dryer, but it's those little maesters. I don't know what to say. Spinning the wheel. Sometimes they get mad, and that's when it gets jerky. 
Mmm, jerky. <laughs> then it's time to sit on it. Why do you think Nev- Ned never told them this story? His family. Well, we've already established he's not much of a storyteller. I, I think I think uh, telling this story just leads to more questions. And as soon as you tell this story, some questions might come up that start getting uncomfortable uh, with the secret that he's keeping. Yeah, I think Ned's a hardcore truth teller. And he works, we see him a lot, working really hard to, he might omit truths, but he doesn't mm-hmm. really lie. He's very uncomfortable with that. That's against his code. And until the end, and then it doesn't pay off, you right. know? Tragic. And uh, yeah. yeah. Also, like, we were talking about Ned being a storyteller or not being a storyteller. And, like, right. as I'm thinking about it, he'd be awful at this. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't, he wouldn't lay any of the seeds that are like, and the mystery knight came out, and he was small. He was short of stature, and like Brant's guessing. Like, as soon as Brant guessed, he'd be like, "No, it wasn't the Cranach man. It was Lyanna." And he'd just like spoil all of it the layers. Even be a spoiler would be like, "Lyanna decided she was going to fight." Yeah, it, Lyanna yeah, went and found would, some armor. It would just be a series of bullet points. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he wouldn't do the cool Westerosi thing. So something I've noticed about this whole world is that everybody refers to each other by the sigils. And it like it's something we don't have here on Earth that's common across all cultures, where the way we refer to each other. But they all, like, oh, the tigers and the elephants at yeah. our march, blah, 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 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's there's a wolf walking in the woods. It, it, and there was the shy wolf and the she wolf and the he wolf and the... Whatever the hell. Ned right? would be uh-huh. like, it was me, there was Brandon. <laughs> ben, yeah. And yeah. Uh, what's my oldest brother's name? Uh fuck. Rick? He Brand Brandon. He'd skip he'd skip all the dancing stuff. Yeah. And so, the, the song that Rhaegar sings, he'd skip it all. He'd right. skip he'd just be like he showed up to be a champion. He'd probably even skip all the ransom part. Right. Like And yeah. so yeah, this little guy uh got his ass kicked. Oh, Leanna saw it. Yeah. And she was like, oh, that's not cool. You know how Leanna and, was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I definitely talk about her all the time. Yeah. yeah. No, no, dad, <laughs> we don't. You never mentioned her, ever. Never mentioned it. Other than sometimes, uh, she was pretty, I guess. Was, I don't know. But <laughs> back, back, to, back to the question. So I think as soon as he starts telling that story, questions start coming up about Lyanna and what happened. Somebody's and, eventually oh, going to connect the dots. She met Rhaegar when he went to look for her or you know which is where I think they really fell in love when he went to look for her and said right. that he didn't find her uh, I think he really did and brought the shit yeah, back yeah we talked about that in our episode I agree but but as soon as that stuff comes out it's harder to it's harder to hide the truth of the rest of it and agreed that's that's where you know he's got the he's got the result of all of this living in his house with him right yeah. And yeah. his wife really doesn't like him. So Yeah. Right. And and I get his reasons for keeping it secret. I get it. Um I get why he'd rather take a smirch to his honor than betray break a promise to his sister. Uh but honestly she's dead, man. Like is she gonna know? I mean it's, oh, it's, it's I've said, yeah. Kick the boy I've, out, he's a traitor's kid. Just Save yourself some trouble. I guess. Or I've said before, just tell Catelyn. Just, just tell Catelyn. Just, just yeah. like she can keep a secret. She just can. Like, 
listen, yes, I got to tell you something. It's going to help you feel a lot better. And it's right. going to definitely help me feel a lot better. Although right. I, I feel bad because I'm breaking a promise to my sister. But but I don't think, I think they were better served by a Herbie and kind of shitty to John. Because that's how she would be to a bastard. Like you brought home the baby you made in someone else's war after I had just married you and gave you one of my own. Like, for fuck's sake. You, what? Okay, the least you can do is sit him at a different table. Like, fine. <laughs> like, not everybody's meant for step-parenthood. And, like, this kid's a little younger than my, my boy who set up Ted. Be heir. And if anything happens to him until I start knocking out more kids. And you gotta keep in mind, she kept knocking out daughters. Yeah, so it had to have been a moment of panic between Sansa and Arya. We're like, shit, I'm pregnant again. What if it's another girl? What if I never yeah. have another boy and then something happens to Rob and this other woman's kid gets yeah. to. So anyway, back to the point. It's I think if he told her she would have shown an ounce of kindness to poor John. And I don't think that would have looked believable. I don't think she would have for the rest saying. of the story. Yeah, for the, I get it. I mean, for yeah. other people looking in, I don't think they would have been like, I don't think a Tully's going to roll with that. Why is she so cool with this guy? Right. Yeah. I get like, man, I mean, I would have looked at it and been like, what a great mom. But most I'd people like... in this world, just the way they handle bastards. Yeah. <laughs> not, as, not as well. I'd, I'd like to think Kat could keep the secret as well. Yeah. If if they can hide what you're talking about, which is kind of a different question. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd like to think she could keep a secret, but also she's so ashamed of this behavior. I could also see her putting it in a, you know, a secret letter to Lysa. Like, yeah. I gotta tell somebody. I got, right. my yeah. sister judges me for my husband cheating on me like this. I gotta, I gotta tell her. Right, because so Lysa like gloats about, about it and shit. Like, yeah. and, and then of course Lysa would tell everybody. I would, right. I would love to think that she would keep it a secret, that mm. Ned could stress it in such a way that it must be kept a secret. But I also, I don't know. It was such a shame to her that yeah. being cleared of that shame. All I don't right. know. You've both convinced me of I'm not sure. it's for caution. But... <laughs> well, I'm not sure yeah. I convinced myself, but. <sighs> There's pros and cons. That's all I'm yeah. saying. I'm and... just such an easy road taker. Like, I just yeah. want my life to be easy. <laughs> I, if I true. can minimize the amount of discord between my wife and I, I'm going to do whatever I can to do that. I'm, I'm I, will always, break, I will break any promise. I'm always on the side of telling my, my family the truth. I, That's I, good. I'm a... So, most of the time. Uh, it, truth can be hard, but it's valuable. And But Robert... It, that guy would not have done well. And then you'd have to have that awkward conversation. Like, no, I'm not sending you to the kid for you to kill him. Uh, no, I'm not. Yeah. Well, please. No, I'm no. not sending you to this kid. Come on, then, man. It's fine. Yeah. I'll come in. Rebellion, actually, really, then right? You get I mean, a repeat of, of Robert's rebellion, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And now he's where killed John all Aaron your kids. Wouldn't send, where John Aaron wouldn't send yeah. kids to King yeah. Aries. Yeah. Right. T tell me, remind, we're a little bit off track here, but, but tell me what Ned's story is for John. So it's Willa, right? It's, it's what he says. The Willa is the is John's parent, supposedly. I don't but even like, remember if he said. 
Well, that's he's what he told. He said it to Robert, but I don't right. know if he told ever told Cat. But he told he her told not somebody because to that one little boy is like, oh, we're milk brothers. Well, that's kind of where I'm going. Willa is a wet nurse at Starfall, and mm-hmm. John, John, and he were milk brothers, meaning Willa gave milk to both of them, implying that Willa was John's mother and mm-hmm. gave him her milk, and then stuck around at Starfall. But if, was she at Starfall before? For like for this timeline to work out at all, I have to think like Willow was actually traveling with Ned for the end of the war or something. Yeah. And then went to Starfall and stayed. Do we have anything? I I, I looked. I couldn't find anything. No. I think that the Starfall connection obviously goes back to Ashara Dane. Right. And what she might have been in on and you know, obviously her suicide. So did she take some sort of secret to her grave with her too? I don't think the timeline matches up, but I think that there's pieces to connect there. I just don't know where Willow was. It also never made sense to me that Lyanna is like alone at the Tower of Joy. Like maybe, maybe Willow was there with with Lyanna, at the Tower of Joy. Yeah. Because like otherwise, John is. I, I don't know. However long it takes to get from Tower of Joy to Starfall after they ripped the tower down without any milk. Maybe they had a Starving. Goat. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's just a lot. I I don't know. I, I know people don't dwell on the details. Yeah, like I've, I've... I just have to operate under the assumption that there had to be some staff. That's what I think, too. And There's... that Ned just dramatizes. Oh, it was just us and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Right. Oh, except Howland was there, too. And uh, all the dead bodies laying around. And, uh, I mean... His, but, but, so, his bullet yeah. point way of storytelling he's not he's gonna omit those details he's just yeah he also pictures her in a bed of flowers like who's taking the fucking time like here you are in labor laying on a bunch of flowers because you're that's definitely part of the process and these aren't at all disturbed or anything like you didn't just totally trash that room throwing out a kid that like came out sideways or whatever happened and i don't know I think that's maybe why he's not giving a bunch of details, Scad, to answer your question, is because if someone started digging, they'd be able to find that the details, that things don't match what he's telling, so. Yeah. I don't even mean the details we know from the story. I'm even talking, like, meta-wise. What is the theory about how they even pretended this was the case? He couldn't show up at Starfall... And say, yep, your wet nurse is the father of this child that I just showed, or the mother of this child I just showed up with. So she would have had to have been with him already. Or, right? She could have been part of Ashara's, well, Ashara was in Aaliyah's entourage, but I don't know if there's like an entourage to the entourage. Maybe. Tourney of Harrenhal. She could have been at the Tourney of Harrenhal. Um, well, and George said that Ashara wasn't always, uh, what, what is the way he said it, stuck to the floor or something? in starfall like he's like she was moved she was moving around she wasn't always starfall during the war so yeah maybe willow was with her and went, went traveling around or, right. or some sort i'm of... thinking of that episode of the office where jim takes he gets called in for jury duty katrina are you an office watcher i don't remember if we've ever i'm not so i've worked will... there i don't <laughs> want to relive it every day okay, yeah. for comedy for entertainment <sighs> Man. But there's he gets called in for jury duty one time and he ends up getting dismissed like after a couple of hours and he goes home to his family and his wife is just having a really tough time with all their kids. So he ends up staying home for the whole week 
to help her and be with his family. Meanwhile, he tells everyone at work that he's actually been serving on this jury the full time. And do you remember that one, Scad? No, but I mean, I can see where it's going. I've watched enough sitcoms. And then, of course, when he comes back to work, they start asking him questions about the trial that he was just in on and everything. And he, of course, gets turned right around by trying to make up these details. And I think that's what Ned's trying to avoid is just like be as vague as possible. It was some wet nurse in the South. He's just trying to leave it at that because if he starts giving out too many details, he's going to fluster himself too because he's such a terrible liar. But okay, but so I agree with all that. What I'm stuck on, and I, I don't want to. It's always butts with you. But what I'm stuck on is he had to convince the Danes of something too, because Ned and Edric, uh, Edric Dane, was told right that Willa was the mother of this child. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, I guess maybe the Danes just agreed to lie about it. But I've wondered, actually studying up for this episode, if maybe one of the reasons that Ashara decided on suicide was because she couldn't live with the weight of this secret or something like that, mm. of knowing what she knew and everything. But... Yeah, I've always kind of wondered about that. Because, like, if John died... I'm not throwing myself out a window. I'm going to be bummed. But, I mean, it'll be fine. It's it's yeah. good. It's what he wants anyway. You know, it's we're <laughs> fine. And I adore Jonathan. But I'll be like, sweet, he finally got on the box. Good for him. And, you know, thinking about my other two brothers, it's I, I kind of have an odd perspective on death anyway. So it's like, all right, you know. So that person's gone now. Okay. Anyway, and I gotta get to work. <laughs> she's and, she's also supposedly dealing with a miscarriage, right? Yeah, it, maybe. Uh, and I don't know if that's true or not, or if the right. or if regular there was a real people love for Eddard. And... Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, and maybe uh, I don't know. There's, I kind of resent Ashara even being in the story. Unless you're going to get some clarification. She's definitely and this weird detail. Totally. She's this weird detail. And it's almost like an idea that he had and then was headed somewhere and, and then go. was like, yeah, yeah. There is, of course, Chloe's there. idea, right? I, yeah, Chloe's but I, that... I, I, I love you, Chloe, but I don't buy it. <laughs> it's There is zero reason for her to have fallen in love with a frog and moved to the swamp. I like changed her name. It's, I just don't get it. I don't get why. We, we frogs like, do okay sometimes. I mean, that's cool. Anything. It's I, I married somebody from Alabama, I guess. <laughs> but um, we all make weird choices and don't always choose who we love. But <laughs> but I, I just don't enjoy her in the story at all. Like, she sounds like a pretty lady. She sounds like your mm-hmm. typical fantasy woman with the black hair and... Velvet eyes or whatever, and the mm-hmm. fucking all right, cool. We got Liz Taylor here in a tower, and she's trippy. <laughs> and cool, good riddance. I'm tired of hearing about her. She's not the fro- <laughs> she's not the kid's mom. I I just don't I don't think their mom's important to the story at all. I because yeah. and I mean I I just don't see any reason to think so. They never talk about their mom. Do they who, ever who? mention? Oh man, I miss my mom. Who you the know? Starks? No, the reeds. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, they don't. No, they just... 
It's cool. I right. mean, Dora never talked about her mom either. <laughs> um, you got Arthur, who is, of course, a good friend, Rhaegar's best friend. So mm-hmm. yep. there's maybe a connection there to, uh, to incentive to keep the secret safe or something like that. Yeah. But yep. I don't know. Anyways, clear off. Um, what were we talking about? I don't know. Oh, why uh, Ned never told the story. Yes. I think also there's just an emotional part to this for him that this is, remember he describes the tourney at Harrenhal as the moment the smiles died. Wasn't that him that said that? It was, or was uh, it someone else who said I it, it? I think it was Barristan. Was it? it? When Barristan's telling the story of Harrenhal? Oh, it totally yeah, could be. And I just, I just assumed. And then but somebody right did. Right now that may not have been him. But he, he remembers the tourney as this grand event um, that eventually led to the death. I mean, this didn't hit me until I was reading to this. Led to the death of every member of his immediate family, save mm-hmm. for his youngest brother. Well, it's obviously his mom, we assume, had maybe already died by that point. Um, every living member of his immediate family died as a result of this event, right? Right. Directly slash indirectly. Um, and a lot of is... stuff. I mean, just so much stuff. Like Not to mention a war. Yeah. It was How Ned, many by people the way. from Not that right attorney? Cool. Are even still alive. Like there's Jamie. He's killed several of them. Um, <laughs> but this is just a this is a, a tough memory for him probably. Yeah. Whereas yeah. for Howland Reed, this was this was actually a very sweet memory. It's a moment. This was the when, summer of '69, man. Yeah. A, this is an adventure he really had. Is, right. And it's when a member of his of the Liege family, the people that they pay homage to actually put their money where their mouth was for mm-hmm. one of their vassals and stood up for the little guy, right? right? And that's a cool story that you're gonna go out and tell people. Like Well maybe yeah. he's so literal that it's like, yeah, I went to this I guess that was the tourney where I met Holland. Anyway. <laughs> food was a bit shit. <laughs> it was like, did he Robert... even do anything there? Like it was like yeah, he much of my sister. Um, supposedly he fell in love at that tournament. So I, yeah, I think it was I think it was a story. I think it was more it more is a scarring one. One that yeah, like, for sure. dredges for sure. up a lot of stuff for him. Yeah. And so yeah, Do he th- wouldn't tell it. It did cross my mind. Does he even know that the Knight of the Laughing Tree was Liana? Because uh, that guy's dummy thick too. Like, <laughs> I would assume that all the Stark boys knew that that was their sister. They're like, "Where's Liana?" Yeah, they were probably um, in on it because they scrounged together the armor and everything. I don't think she did all that by herself. Yeah. It's. I do yeah, think Benjen knew. Um, I would think that would be the kind of thing Ned would stop her from doing, though. Yeah. Good point. Maybe that's why he was like, "Hey Ben, you're gonna have to go to the wall." <laughs> you little shit. <laughs> don't start with us at why ben went to the wall that's a whole oh, okay. hour-long conversation for matt and me <laughs> why you're the only one left and you went to the wall uh sometimes the knights are monsters major yeah. theme yeah. alert right the Clegane. yep this whole thing i don't know whether it's because of the tur- it's the tournament and we get those in dunk and egg but this whole this whole story has a very Duncan Egg vibe to me. It does. Sure. It does. Well, and I love that point. So sometimes the knights are monsters. And what Bran wants more than anything in the world is to be a knight. What he originally yeah. wanted. He had all these visions of glory, you know, and getting to do the dance dashing night guy thing. And mm-hmm. it, truth is, buddy, 
it's going to be better to be a raven. How about you focus on the road ahead rather than the yeah. one you can't walk down? I mean, no pun intended, but like. And still at the end, he's dying to be a knight and wants the green men to make him one. Yeah. Even though the point of the story is maybe Right. Not. I love that the first thing Bran does when she wraps up her story is like, huh, here's how I would have told it. Like, yeah. nobody asked for your fucking feedback, you little shit. Oh, <laughs> like, if, if, if Bran had a Twitter handle, oh, he uh, would do very well in today's <laughs> world. Oh, God. Oh, I can't believe that episode last night. Why didn't they do it this, 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 and this way? Or... I feel like yeah. we've been pretty hard on Bran tonight. I, I, he's like get probably the hero of this story he We're is like tearing him apart. this little eight year old <laughs> I know area mom hates small child yeah <laughs> I love Bran and I do enjoy him but enough a... about cat <laughs> Sorry. I, I love Bran I, I enjoy him a lot there, is, there are reasons I picked these chapters you get so much out of his perspective and mm-hmm. Gurm does a great job of kind of getting to because yeah that is kind of how a a boy who's focused on fun and fantasy. I imagine it's probably a lot like he was as an eight-year-old. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I just want the knights and the gallantry yeah. and the horses and the thundering hooves and the, you know, all of the fun bits. And I just want to be a hero. And it turns out you don't get to pick what kind of hero you get to be. Yeah. Um, but there's, you, mm, um, sometimes the type of hero you get to be picks you. Maybe? I don't know. I'll come up yeah. with something better later. But, like, <laughs> I think you get what I'm saying here. No, I do. Yeah. Sometimes it depends on what you're being a hero for. Right. Yeah. I hear you. And and mm-hmm. sometimes the real heroism is not trying to be what you thought you wanted to be. And serving as best you can. And, and like, I think there's needed. a... Yeah. Isn't there a little spiel Mira gives, or Joe, I think Jojen does, where about him and Mira and how she's gifted with, she can hunt and she can breathe through water and she's got magic. Obviously, she's dad's special child, but I'm specialer <laughs> because I can see in the dark and uh, I'm going to go die. Yeah, I sleep, things happen. It's in the previous <laughs> chapter, actually, before this one, where he's, he's yeah. trying to convince Bran of his own gifts. Mm-hmm. Um and telling him all the things that the how special Bran is, um, but he starts with Mira and her gifts, and says we all You're have special because I'm special, yeah. and we're both specialer. <laughs> my Mira, mommy so said, just remember that. So if everyone's special, no one is. My mommy Ashara said. <laughs> do you think um, how like how much of Jojen's visions do you think he shared with his dad? Like, when he started mm. having these dreams, do you think he told Howland? Did he have a guide? Like, did Howland, like, ah, oh, buddy, I gotta get you. Here's a mentor. Um, here's our spiritual guides. We definitely have these here. Uh, there's a whole structure set up to help you through this, because these happen every once in a while. And we know all about it. We're magical forest people. And, like, or do you think Joe Chen was like, maybe I don't tell my dad about the dream I had where I die. <laughs> like dad's not gonna like this i don't know about that like, one i yeah it's a it's an interesting but, question it goes back to the fact that we just don't know much about howland at all and what kind of person right well and it makes me loyal, wonder what did but... howland see on the island of green faces or isle he left to go have a little adventure go to poke, poke around the world he was bilboing around the world 
and then wanted to go back home, probably. Like most of his people, they were kind of isolationists. Um, it, did he have that vision? Did he know? Right. Did he see something there with the green men mm -hmm. that I'm going to have this child and this is what he's destined for. And it's going to be helping Ned Stark's child. You're going to, you don't know who Ned is yet, but check it out. You're going to meet this fellow. And, and I thought I was wondering that too. And it, maybe it was even more vague than that, Katrina. Maybe it was just like, I need to go south more right. to Heron Hall. Well, just kind of like Jojen was like, I need to take this kid north. I don't really know what I'm looking for yet. Right. Maybe it was more just kind of like, I need to go south for some reason. But as a parent in the middle of a war, mm -hmm. your lord and now your king's brother, but your lord's son, but now your king's brother is at the castle and you're going to send your teenaged kids, your heirs no, that's weird. to the castle unsupervised. Hey, good luck. I know you saw no, the future. Weird. I'm going to trust you, buddy. Like the fuck kind of parent is that? Like, yeah. sorry, I got a little shrill there, but like, what the hell, Howland? Not only are you a shitty friend who can't keep a secret and never writes, but you just let your kids go. Like, what's going to happen when they die? Jojen may have told him, like, I have, I'm going to die up there, Dad. I saw it in a dream. Maybe he didn't. And, and that's like, okay. fine. Well, okay, later. well, I guess I'll just have to make my peace with that. So, Mira, you're the heir. You better go with him. Like, does it work different? For them, like, do, does the uh, inheritance not necessarily fall the same way? Because I would have assumed, so typical Westerosi tradition, it would have gone to Jojen and then Mira, maybe. Right. Yeah. And who knows if there's other kids? I don't know. And who knows maybe, if there's other kids? I don't Maybe, maybe they have other siblings. Maybe they've got <laughs> older siblings. I don't know. Uh, the ages check out for Mira to be the oldest, but fine. Yeah. Maybe they've got a little one. They never mention it. Um, maybe, maybe Howland saw this as Jojen's adventure. That like yeah. Howland went on an adventure. Jojen needed to do this too. Maybe it's a rite of passage type thing. Maybe, or maybe it's because I wouldn't have sent Mira. I would have sent somebody who, like, a little bit more muscle. Oh, she's pretty capable, but she's very yeah, capable. She's, but I would not. Have, I would not have ended my help to do it. Right. You know. Well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know how clear a vision they had, but I I don't but let my maybe kids walk around the block. I mean, there's yeah. But maybe that's There's... what he saw, is that you guys are doomed, and but it's going to be doomed to a greater cause. And, okay, well then, how do I help save the world? Save the cheerleader. Um, sorry, that's a really old joke from a TV show that sucked. Uh, there's something weird going on. Howland is not that old. He's 35, 40, he's, you know, he's that's basically age. Ned's age. Um, and he's electing to basically put himself out to pasture and let his kids do the dirty work instead. There's something else going on. Yeah. Go ahead. That's what just came into my head too, Scad, is it doesn't make sense unless there was something more important that he knew he needed to be doing right now. Well, yeah, and maybe. and maybe, because there's a war going on, right? Nearby. Maybe he felt like his kids would be safer at Winterfell. Maybe. Than this close to the front lines. I mean, because yeah. they didn't know Theon's going to happen, right? Like, he later has that dream about the water all around West, or around Winterfell, but he maybe hadn't seen that yet. And maybe yeah. he thought it was better off. Sorry, Scad, though. I think you had a further thought, and I cut you off. No, I'm not. I mean, I don't, I'm not really going anywhere specific with it, just that, that it seems 
you know, okay, so Helen's story has reeked from day one to me. I mean, he is super loyal for the rebellion, does all the fighty fighty, um, you know, is is Ned's best friend or whatever. He comes back to the neck and never leaves again. Mm-hmm. He's his best friend lives, you know, a few days away, and in you know, what is it, eighteen years or whatever it is, he never he never comes to visit. He never goes to see him. He never leaves the neck again. My kind of friend. Years. Well, yeah, right. On. Maybe, but there's, <laughs> like, but maybe that's not so bad. <laughs> but there, but but something happened in between that. Yeah. The Greyjoy Rebellion happened for one. That's true. And he didn't do it. He didn't participate in that. Which maybe they didn't need him, or you know, make whatever argument you want. But he wasn't there for it. And he, you know, it says I think in the wiki somewhere that that Ned would send him letters and stuff, but he never, they never saw him again. I feel like there's something like either there was a falling out or there is a secret he's keeping or there's something there's something else going on with him. I'm sure other people in the fandom have speculated and I just haven't seen it or whatever. But there's something else going on with Howland that he's having his kids do this instead of him. That's my opinion. And yeah. and and I, I do think Jojen probably did tell him about the dreams. I think I think Howland is a very spiritual guy. Uh, I think his time on the Isle of Faces a getting getting the gumption to go on that journey or, or maybe he had a, a dream himself like you said matt um but his time on the isle of faces it says that he prayed you know to that isle of faces during this uh night of the laughing tree story right. um i think he's a man of of faith and and stuff and so i i think jojen probably did talk to him about it and and it's part of part of whatever's going on that he knew he needed to send jojen to do this yeah. And still stay where he is, and I don't know why that is, but there's some there is something shady going on. Yeah, we're sure. we're making light of him, uh, but I think I think you're probably right. There's got to be something to it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I like Shrill Katrina for the record. <laughs> I and I like Holland a lot. I'm fascinated by this guy. It's just as I started taking notes of it, I started thinking about it from a mom's this perspective, and like. <laughs> Yeah, it's... But as far as like friendship, not visiting, and we're like, I haven't seen John since 2018, <laughs> and I'm like, and that's well, only so bad. 12 hours. It's like two and years, he didn't two even years, come not to my 20, Zoom Thanksgiving, but... you know. Scat and I see each other in person like once a year when we give each other our Christmas gifts. But, yeah, and we live seven minutes away from each other. <laughs> uh, we we used to go to lunch and stuff before the pandemic was a thing on occasion. Yeah. Every once in a once, while, once or twice you at least a year. talk yeah. more often. Like we my... do, but this is the only time that we, when we do these episodes with mm-hmm. guests like you, is the only time that we do like video chatting. Even normally, it's right. just yeah. we just do audio. Yeah, I think yep. you guys said something about that in a recent episode. Something about uh, we, probably we don't do. usually look at each other while we do this. Yeah, like it's Who weird when you make to. eye contact. You know? Yeah, it's... <laughs> Scad doesn't like eye contact. It's kind of a thing. It's so... like I had a guy tell me once. It's not a thing. I, I look a... this way because that's where the the video feed is. I was on this a sexual joke, Scad. Oh, <laughs> I had a guy. It's hard to make one... eye contact when my head is in a pillow. <laughs> We've now cut Katrina off twice. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make an inappropriate joke. It's fine. It's I fine. did it. I did it for you. Mm. No, I knew it's this okay. guy. I knew this guy who told me not to make eye contact with him because he could see all of my daddy's hopes and dreams in my eyes. <laughs> Savage. I don't even know what it means, really. <laughs> I'm still wondering. 
It doesn't sound good, though. It doesn't. I just quit looking. It was all it's right. Like really poetic, but at the same time, really troubling. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dating wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> Dating was not. No, I'm, I'm over here looking at my notes. Anyways, anyways so um, going back to uh, what Howland knows, um, are either of you or both of you familiar with LG's theory about who Lem Lemoncloak is? Mm-mm. Yeah, the Knight of Skulls and Kisses. I don't even yeah, know who LG is. Who's that? Uh, Lady Gwen from Radio West. Oh, Coast. right on. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. heard about it, but you know her in one ear, out the other. Yeah, she's um, Richard Lomnitz. Scad, Scad is right. She theorizes that Lem is Richard Lawnmouth, who is the Knight of Skulls and Kisses in the Knight of the Laughing Tree story. Oh. And I started like looking. I kind of I think I'd skimmed that theory before and everything no offense LG um but uh and I started thinking like why does this theory even matter it's just this one of those pet theories that's just for fun like she writes a really detailed essay on why he is the knight of skulls and kisses and she brings up the good point we're talking about you know how Howland's one of the only people that knows things Lawnmouth was one of Rhaegar's close friends, and they call him a, I think it's companion is what they call him in the text of Rhaegar Targaryen. Um, And it even mentions that, you know, Rhaegar left with his companions to go find out who the Knight of the Laughing Tree is. And that's where we assume, as Scad mentioned before, it was then that when Rhaegar went on this quest to find out who the Knight of the Laughing Tree is, maybe that's when he had his first real encounter with Lyanna and their relationship kicked off. So why does Lawnmouth matter? Why does Lem Lemoncloak matter? Well, it could be that if he is Richard Lawnmouth, then he has knowledge about Rhaegar and Lyanna's relationship that uh, is out there, that's from that time period of their relationship beginning and everything that not even Howland Reed would know about, not even Ned Stark would know about. So there's potential there for Lem Lemoncloak to have some information about Rhaegar and Lyanna that would be really crucial and interesting. I can't remember. It's been years, I think, since I read that theory from from LG. Uh, Does she go into how she thinks that might come to light? Like who he would tell? Because it would be a a really weird circumstance for him to be in a room. We already mentioned how most of these people are dead now. It'd be a really weird circumstance for be in for him to be in a room with somebody where this information mattered, or like mm-hmm. made a difference. He's with Lady Stoneheart right now. Yeah. Um, so there's. Something is Arya there. gonna is Arya gonna circle back to her? Uh, could that? Who uh, knows? I don't know, man. Could. He also yeah. was. He also was friends with with Robert Baratheon, not as close friends. But Robert Baratheon was his his uh, drinking buddy. At yeah, least. and drinking buddy. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he he could. It's possible that he's got that information about Lyanna. At um, least some insight. Yeah. Drinking buddy, but never told. What a guy! Like never yeah. coughed it up to Bobby. That's good a dude. Point. That's a good fella. Like good way point. to way to keep yeah. your mouth shut, Lem. Yep, he ain't no snitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's got also, two principles. Don't tell my friends secrets, and I'm not kissing the little dwarf lady. <laughs> Ooh, I wouldn't either. I'd give her a smooch, just on the forehead. 
Just one little smooch. Here just you like go. a really quick one, like, oh. Blech. What happened to uh, these Went boys? Apparently there was like four Went brothers. Did the Went house Went just get decimated? I don't remember like, anymore. Think, Something happened to them. Like, I just because everybody four from sons here... and a daughter, there'd be all sorts of Wents running around since then. And then well, I think men. they they lost Harrenhal, right? Because they were on the side of the loyalists. Yep. Um. So they, I think they got they got it straight. I'm, I'm guess I'm I'm making it up a little bit. I'm pretty sure that's right, but. I think they lost Harrenhal after Robert's Rebellion. And then, yeah, I don't know what happened to him, I guess. I'm Googling real quick. They just, uh, yeah, I was reading about him on the wiki, and no one really knows what happened to him. They kind of just disappear from history. (laughs) There's still uh, one. There's one in the kingdom. There's one left. Winifrey Wint, who's who's married to a Frey but has never had any kids. So curse of Harrenhal, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Manisa was, was the Hoster's wife. So yeah. Catelyn's mom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. I forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. She's half went. (laughs) You've, you, yeah. Interesting thing. Like house went just kind of just is like gone. Right. Maybe they all died in Robert's Rebellion. I don't know. But. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a, a family of good fortune, for sure. Mm-hmm. Given how every single one of them went. <laughs> went. 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 You have to say it like that. My <laughs> boss says it like that. Went. Where did they go? Shudder every time. Oh, me too. And then I was thinking, well... You're saying they were down on their luck. I was like, no, these guys were rich. They threw this huge tournament. But uh, we've got the Southern Ambitions theory out there Mm -hmm. that says that possibly they could have been financed. That tourney could have been financed Mm -hmm. by Rhaegar and to potentially be there. Right, because they were all, there was, yeah, there was going to be a, because that was hinted at more in one of the other side books, right? Uh, That it was going to be a, I don't remember which one. I guess part of the histories, I think, Eris yeah. Eris thought suspected that Rhaegar was using this tourney as a a way to gather lords together to talk behind his back and plan, yeah, kind of a, a you know to supplant him or something. Mm-hmm. And, Family history shit seems to get real at tournaments true. for the and Targaryens. It could have been true. Rhaegar went to visit the Wents before the tourney, and yeah, could have financed the whole thing. Or, yeah. Right. What do you think? Do you think Rhaegar maybe could have been doing that? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Why I think not? so. I think I buy into that theory. Yeah, I think I do too. It's you got to figure out what to do with that guy. Like, Ares was not good, He's and a mess. and it sounded like as much as I don't agree with all of Rhaegar's choices, most of Rhaegar's choices, I do think he had the good of the realm in mind, uh, and he was definitely prepared, propelled by whatever his sense of doomed prophecy was. That right. something's coming to end the world and debt is not it. Like, we this cannot let... Yeah. This guy's got to get out of the way. He is going to destroy us, and then whatever this greater problem is that's coming is only going to be worse if he's still there. Sure. I feel and like even for the last... Oh, go ahead. Even if, like, he didn't necessarily know that um, the others were coming, maybe he did still see... I, I do think he was good enough to know dad's got to go this this guy's 
paranoid, crazy, killing people in horrible ways. Realm into the ground. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the end of our house. I do wish he'd like thought to have his brother and sister like get a security plan together or something. Just but, do something, man. I mean, I guess Daenerys wasn't born yet, but still, like, help your mom out. Like, she is right there. She does not deserve any of this. Like, hey, mom, how about you come visit me at wherever else? And mom, I got you a timeshare over <laughs> yeah. in, like, I, in this tower. <laughs> I mean, I think I think in the end, it unraveled a lot faster than he thought. Right? Yeah. Been, yeah, yeah. I do like, think it got away from him for sure. He didn't. He didn't expect Eris to murder the two Starks that came to town, and <laughs> right? Like, speed up this whole timeline. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I, I feel like well, Rhaegar. I don't know where it all came from. I probably. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there are really good reasons, but I feel like there's a lot of really anti Rhaegar sentiment over the last couple of years, and I don't really know where it came from. It was like everybody loved Rhaegar. Oh, musician. He and Lyanna fell in love, and. You know, and then obviously he caused the war, big one. But like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of a lot of venom after the guy now. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know quite how I feel about him. I agree with you, Katrina. I think he had a greater good in mind. Right. Yeah. I suppose it's like a lot of politicians that I try to support these days. Sorry, I've got politics on the mind for some reason right now. I wonder why. It's weird. Yeah. But, That's that'll yeah. be weird. Looking back couple months yeah. maybe we'll have perspective in a couple of months and we listen to this episode and be like oh yeah there was some oh, stuff going on right then yeah. but i i can't remember a time where there was like a politician that i just loved everything about them yeah no there's never been one for me was... now you usually so... get one or two sub bullets of like yeah i get you on that one that's cool yeah, yeah. all right okay mm. i guess i can live with that anyways um what else about this uh I we have we covered it i've covered most of my stuff i i do like that there's a nice little <laughs> the theme <laughs> to this chapter this this chapter is divided into two sections as we've mentioned mm -hmm. but they both come back to the starks uh upholding as they call it this social contract with yeah. their people right defending their bannermen and making it a safe place to live. You know, the Littles thing was that the whole North was protected under the Starks and you just get this umbrella sense of protection where virgins could walk freely along the King's road without harm or anything. And then you get this zeroing in on a specific instance and example of mm -hmm. where the Starks took care of one of their own when they didn't have to. I mean, not only did Leanna stick up for him, but, then Benjen found him some clothes to wear to a party, and Eddard invited him to stay in their tent. And Meanwhile, like, where are the cool parents? With For nah. any of these fucking people. <laughs> this is like the peanuts, right? This is like Charlie Brown and his friends. Wah, like, wah, the parents wah, just wah, don't, wah, ex wah, don't wah. exist. Just fucking legs. It's like Rickard, Rickard Rick, shows up Rickard. to get heat stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Rickard should see them come into the tent and be like, who beat the shit out of you? Are you okay? Like, let's get you to a doctor. Nah, it'll be fine. Let's put a butterfly band-aid on that shit. You'll be good, kid. <laughs> Hang in there, slugger. Uh, Benjamin's like, you should have seen what Leona did, Dad. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways. So. But I like that. This is a chapter about the Starks, in essence. It's, yeah. 
Yeah, it is. It is. And it says so much about the people in it too, though. Like, yes, we get a lot of mm-hmm. tell. We get a lot of insight here. But I think a lot about the four people that are walking together as they're sharing these stories. You get to spend a little time walking next to them. And, like, I think about little my little emo frog kid. And because I love Joe Jen, he's one of my favorites too. Just love this little Mr. Doom and Gloom. <laughs> and like to know one day he woke up and knew I am the doomed sidekick in somebody else's story. <laughs> and like how That's much a of a of saying that. bummer is that? Like I'm, I don't, I don't even, okay. I'm not the hero. I'm not yeah. the hero. I do get to have some heroic effort here where I'm going to matter. Um, and then I'm going to splatter and be can toothpaste one morning and but at least it's protein i would hate to know that and i think about mira who's watching her doomed little brother like i i think i was starting to talk about this the other night but um i've got a little brother who's disabled and it's i can understand or i, I think i could what she has to carry because he was like we kind of paired off my older brothers were a pair and then i was always just kind of left with mark he was my responsibility Mm -hmm. and he was my first child and Mm -hmm. i think about mira walking this kid around and like that's what her life's about is getting joe jen to and fro and like all right i gotta get him to winterfell okay now i apparently Mm -hmm. have to walk him to his death and the least i can do is feed him along the way and, you know, I kind of spent my childhood doing the same shit. It's like, just, all right, is this kid going to die? All right. It just like holding his head up out of the water along the way. And mm-hmm. it, 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 Mira's really well adjusted. Mira's taken it pretty well. Mira's a healthy, hearty girl. And, but I remember at the end of, of wherever we leave them and she's kind of fucked off a little bit. I mean, Jojen is either paced or not, but he's not around at the moment. And Mm -hmm. she's clearly unhappy. And yeah, I mean, this poor girl has a real burden. Like, your responsibility is to walk your little brother to his bed. And And what does she do when he's no longer there? Right. If he is paced, what does she she do with herself then? What does she she do with herself if he's not? Like, what does she do when she's done with this task? Whether he lives or dies. Like, it's the same thing. The mission's over. So you're going to go back now and just harvest frogs? Are you going to be cool with that? Are you going to... Was there some sort of marriage problem or promise involved way back in the day? If so, does she know that? Like, did Howland and Ned have a deal somewhere? Uh, I don't care. I don't think it changes the outcome of the story any. But, like, Mara's got a lot on plate for somebody who's just, like, pluckily telling a story that Brand then promptly forgets. Like, Bran never looks back and thinks about a damn word he's been told. And I can understand why Jojen wants to drop him off. (laughs) You know, like, okay, we gotta hurry up and get you to the stream. (laughs) It's, we gotta get to this. It's it's definitely this gatehouse. We're gonna go there. I am so tired, dude. And it's just a lot for these kids. And, I mean, every person in this book is going through a lot. But... And it's a dense book. Everything bad happens ever. <laughs> it's the worst. Mm-hmm. I, it is I feel... so much. But Mara's just got this burden. And like, and she was the only one who's taught any practical skills. Like, there's got to be some resentment there. 
uh, Joe Jen, yeah, he has these fancy dreams. So he doesn't have to learn how to hunt frogs. He doesn't have to learn how to use nets or fishing poles or breathe mud or any of that because he might have a seizure or whatever. And so she's got to do all of the physical stuff. She's got to, you know, and maybe their society is a little bit more equal, but like the expectations were clearly different between the two kids. Yeah. And she did not experience the same upbringing Mr. Fancy Sleeper Boy did. And, and I just wonder how she feels about that because she still adores her little brother and takes good care of him and like just kind of shuts up and does what he tells her to when he pushes hard enough. But I just wonder, like, where does Mary go from here? And how does she come back from this? You yeah. said a lot in there. That yeah, I yeah sorry, I went to. off. <laughs> I, well, I think I think Jojen is. Um, I think you said earlier uh, about a sense of doom. Um, I, he, I think he very much is okay with it. He's yeah. seen the future. He knows what it is. And he's okay with his lot. He's okay that he never got the training, never got to learn how to breathe mud, never got to do any of those things because he is what he is. And he's just got that sense of that. With Mira, I get the sense more, not that she's not okay with it or willing to do her duty or anything, but like she knows she could be more, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think she's doing it because she's supposed to, but I think... I'm not, I'm not putting it very well. I think she... I think she's capable of more and I think she knows it, but this is what she's got to do for now. But Jojen, I think is, he's all about the fate shit and I think he's fine with it. Yeah, I agree. I think that Jojen and, and I'd be interested, I think you're both right. And I'd be interested to see what it took to get him to the point that he was okay with it. Right? Like there's that point that Katrina talked about where he wakes up and realizes I'm not the hero. And then the point where we see him, where he's resigned to it. What happened in between? In the middle. You know, what sure. mental battle did he, yeah. emotional battles did, it go, did he go through with himself to get to that point where he's like, okay, I can do this. I can walk to Mount Doom um, knowing I'm not going to come out. Uh, and Mira, I see that one that she sees what Jojen's saying and everything. She gets it. She trusts him. But at the same time, she can't help but try to beat that fate and try to change those stars. And whereas he's resigned, she's like, nah, I don't know that I'm resigned to it yet. I'm going to try everything in my freaking power to I'm still going to support you. I'm going to get you to where you need to go. And then I'm going to go down swinging. So well, like, it's it's no different than talking to someone with faith when you don't have it. Mm-hmm. It's like they can tell you a million times over again that they've talked to God. And if you haven't, you're like, I'm glad I support you. I don't, I, I'm, you know, I can't behave that way. I didn't get that. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of the same thing. She's, she's living her own, her own truth and going along with Jojen because that's what she's got to do. But yeah, she doesn't want to believe it. Right. She's going to live, live her own life according to what, you know, what, what she's, what she's learned and what she knows. Yeah. I like that living their own truths, even though they're connected as a family and they have an emotional connection, there is their own realities and truths that they're living. I like that. Gosh, Katrina, that gave me a whole new way of thinking about these kids. I'm yeah. really glad you said that and scad the points you made too, to build on that. So I think that's probably a good place to call it on call such it, an introspective, call it, call it done. sad note, but the wop wop. Yeah, I mean, it's wah, fitting. Wah. 
Well, we Where uh... are the parents? That is the theme of this episode. <laughs> Where are the adults? Right, they uh... fucked everything up and then got to die. <laughs> Some of them did. Uh, this is the time when we do sign-offs. Uh... So we'll go ahead and start with sign-offs. Matt, you want to go first? Did I go first? Okay. Um, as the year was ending, I, I love Counting Crows, so I've always got a song of theirs in my head, but in particular, their famous song, A Long December. One of the lines in A Long December says, it's been a long December and there's reason to believe maybe this year will be better than the last. I wonder why I'd think that coming up on the end of 2020. But that line ran through my head a lot. Maybe this year will be better than the last. And then um, he says a line of uh, the smell of hospitals in winter and that feeling that there's all a lot of oysters, but no pearls. You know, there's lots of surface level opportunities and things that look like they're going to be good. But then when you dig into them and open them up, there's nothing inside. There's no substance to it. Uh, And I was just thinking about 2020 and how... There were a lot of oysters in 2020, but uh, some of the pearls were that I got to eat lunch with my children every single day. You know, Katrina gets to study next to her son every day or be on Zoom calls every day next to her son as he studies. Um, And uh, even even in the events of this last week, there's hard to find some pearls. But uh, I was thinking about my kids and I and my wife sat glued to the TV as Congress and the Senate resumed their proceedings, right? Uh, After the day's events. And, you know, like some of these politicians or absolutely hate them, some of them said some things that were just pure fire, patriotic, American, powerful statements that they made that night. And, uh, a pearl from that is that my kids got to see that they got to see these politicians at their best and maybe they'll never be at their best again. I, I can't see, you know, some of these guys saying you're living up to some of the things they said that night, but at least my kids got to see for a few minutes, um, their politicians being pure Americans for a second. So that's a very long sign off and I'm sorry, but, uh, this is Matt signing off saying, you know, in a year full of oysters, just uh, just try to find those pearls. Katrina, you got anything for us? Uh, sure. I was just sitting here thinking, you know, we're all, it's January, so reflective mood. And <laughs> I, thinking about times of other uphe- upheaval in my life. And there was a point where everything in the area was kind of tarnished by memories from before the upheaval. Capital B before. And right now we've got a great big before that's all of human history. The last year is life-changing and it's never going to be exactly the same, but that's okay. It doesn't mean it was a failure. It just means that's how it went. And now it's a matter of, we've got to go take those places back. So for example, I used to go out with my kids and I was at a restaurant and looking over at a booth where I had sat with my husband before we had a divorce and looking at that booth and I'm like, Oh, this is the conversation. That's the booth where we were when we had that conversation or this conversation or whatever. And that booth over there in the co- that corner and this place is haunted by ghosts of that failure. And then I realized, no, it's not. It's also haunted by the ghosts of that really great dinner I had over there. 
and that one and the dinner I'm having right now with my kids today. And I started chasing out the ghosts or embracing them maybe and taking these places back. They didn't belong to the past. I could go and make new memories because I made it through. And ultimately, good news, guys, I got back together with my husband. But <laughs> it's it, I had to reclaim this whole place where I live because it was just echoes of everything that had happened before. How do we escape before 2020 when that's the whole world? And all we can do is start building the new now. We have to own it. We've got to haunt our current day and just claim our spaces back and start being what we want the world to be. It's never too late to start being better. And I think today in five minutes, when you're ready is as good a time as any. And I think we're headed in that direction. I love that. Thank you. Uh, mine will probably be quite a bit less profound uh, than either of yours. Thanks for the words. Um, man, try less. I'm going with try less. <laughs> Take a break from the crazy. Just try less. Mm -hmm. Take a nap. Spend, you know, read read with your kids. You know, enjoy a book. Get get away from all the shit that's going on, because there's a lot of it. Try less. That's all I got. Billy Joel said, uh, "Not to jump into your." sign off but billy joel in it. vienna says uh you say hold on you can afford to lose a day or two there like, you go it's okay just just live cool thanks everybody <sighs> katrina it yeah. was a blast this was this was so much fun it was a lot of fun uh, guys thank you for having is, me this is going down in the memories yeah <laughs> this was a good for this sure. is a good way to start living in our now and improving our now so, thank and you and trying less Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey that's Davos fingers man <laughs> try less try less time doing it yes. <laughs> all right bye guys all right good night night everybody impossible oh, fuck Claude fuck Claude Lemieux that's all I'm saying <laughs> that can be the episode title <laughs> Episode 107. Do it, Scad. Do it. Uh, Coward. Um, episode 107? Right now? Mm -hmm. Is that what we're on? Mm -hmm. 107? We're? Sorry. Is, is that what you're on? But I, I listen. I, I feel like a participant, you know? You are. I feel like yeah. I need to pick a better episode title real quick. I forgot. <laughs> I always put one in there just as a placeholder, but... Uh, this one's really bad. The Tale of the Little Cranig Man. You have a week. I mean. Well, I have to give. I have to give the name verbally. Episode one hundred seven. Oh, you read it. Yeah. Just That's... add it in later. Send Matt or yeah, send Matt a little clip. And you can do your little spiel. Same this every is time. True. This is I, true. I could do that, yes. Problem solved, right. man. Yeah. Right. So this time, just for flow, read it as it's currently written. And then later in the week, you can... You have far too much faith. 
I will be so motivated to just leave it bad and not fix it. Let's just leave it bad and make it a thing. And over here, I'm cursing you for giving me 30 seconds of 30 extra seconds work. 30 seconds of extra work. Yeah. It's probably more work for me to re-record it and send it than it is for you to plug it in. Probably. Yep. How, are, uh, how are you guys holding up? It's been a weird day. Yeah. It's it's weird. Yeah. But I'm fine too. That's good. Like I'm angry. Yeah. I'm a little sad. But I'm okay. Yeah. I bet you're just I bet you're just struggling. This <laughs> stuff affects SCAD. Like I, Yeah. I I I think there was a time when I believed that I was like reasonably resilient. Just in general. <laughs> and I'm I'm a i am i am I I was either lying to myself or I've gotten much weaker because this stuff just kills me. I, I, uh, I so you take it a level beyond the doom scrolling and just kind of own it personally. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I spent, I've spent a lot of time doom scrolling the last couple days and a lot of time just like in bed, like not dealing with the world. And yeah, it's been, you got to learn to just push those feelings down. Like disassociate, bitch. Just like yeah. <laughs> conceal, don't feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then one day, just take it all out on the kids. <laughs> yeah, explode. <laughs> Burst like a bottle of ketchup in the heat. Just go for it, man. Is that a thing? I don't know. A bottle of ketchup in the heat. It's an old comrade. It's <laughs> no, it's not. We kept our ketchup in the fridge. <laughs> With a we little bit powder. of water. We had powder ketchup. You had to mix it. We had <laughs> dehydrated tomatoes. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, uh, man. I've been thinking about you because I know uh, this stuff, it, it weighs on you. And that's okay. It does. It's One quick I mean, question. Yeah, Ma- yeah. Scott, did you get Matt anything for Christmas? I did, yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't want to know. It's fine. It's between the it, two of you. Uh, it, I mean, it's just a vibrator. Well, it's all personal. It's okay. That's hard. Oh, he, didn't, he didn't hear that. That was hilarious. Did it have a swivel head? <laughs> you know, one of those little gyrating tips. That... Got... Oh, what? When you took your headphones out, I didn't realize I that. Them? But I, I told her that I got you a vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> and then you put it's your headphones like back one. In. <laughs> he oh, got nice. me a Star Wars book. We both got each other Star Wars books. That's right. That's cute. How cute is that? Yeah. That is nice. Did you guys, did you, well, did you see the news that came out like, I don't know, an hour ago or something? No, ago? what happened within the last no. hour? I've been sitting here sweating. Ice and Fire, <laughs> Ice and Fire Con is official. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did see that. Maybe it's that a was responsible choice. Ago. That's when I saw it. Yeah. It is. It is. It just, it's, it will mean that we've gone three years since mm-hmm. seeing, you know, since being at the con and seeing these yeah. people. So it's, man. Well, then these Meet the Kalisar episodes are well-timed. It's fill in a gap. Perfect. You're right. Fill in a gap is what I do best. (laughs) Well. I was going to say it. Depends on the gap. (laughs) I don't fill it all the way. (laughs) If it's a little gap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Misty splitting. We're splitting hairs. (laughs) Yeah, technically. Here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Put some clippies oh, in. You know. That's an outtake. Let's, that's let's hope an outtake. so. 
<laughs> Should we start? Yeah, let's start. do this thing, man. All right. All right.